episode as a royal incest advocate. And we just started. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Break the Rules Sewing Discourse. And we are sewing discourse with the actual president of uh, modern day China, the real Xi Jinping. (laughs) Welcome, buddy. Thank you so much for being here. And of course, I am joined with the great Giovanni Panacetti, Bella, and the great chat. I am a chat respecter, as I'm sure are you. So, Welcome, Real Xi Jinping. Thank you so much for being here. And before we start, all the new people, subscribe right now. Smash that subscribe button. I fucking mean it. This is going to be a great one. I yes. really appreciate everybody this being is, here. I think, I, I think uh, uh, Real Z was saying this is one of the uh, only or the first uh, English language live streams you've been on, my friend. Yeah. So, Oh, wow. See, this is what we can get you at Break the Rules. And right. you are one of the most, um, this, this is uh, the, the putting you over period. You were, <laughs> you were one of the most uh, original and creative shit posters on this side of Twitter. Your insights are peerless. And uh, I'm really happy that you've come on, you're coming on the stream. It's going to be, hopefully it's going to be fire. Uh, it will be fire. Don't worry about it. So maybe just to begin, tell us about yourself. What is your uh, guiding ethos um, besides uh, wanting to be the the patrician over all of uh, Eurasia? What is your guiding uh, light in this in this world, my friend? Oh, um, do you mean like ideology or more? Well, like I guess that that could be life. that could be a good place to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, it's like mostly conservative European unity politics. Like I'm pro-Europe as a concept, but the European Union is kind of cut right now. <laughs> yeah, that's very um, interesting, yeah. But it's a good mechanism for the smaller European nations to compete internationally against entities like America or China or Russia. Do you think that... Uh with uh, the censorship that goes on in Europe when it comes to certain kind of criticisms, Europeans tend to take it a bit uh, harshly whenever I bring that up. At least when I was speaking to an Englishman on uh, one of our previous streams, and I brought that aspect up, uh, he was like, well, we have freedom of speech. And uh, why do you think there is this uh, agitation when uh, the American uh, freedom of speech is compared to the European one. Not that we don't have problems, but uh, I'm just curious what you think. Yeah, American, Americans obviously have better constitutional rights in that regard. Like, it would be de- delusional to pretend otherwise, but it's not like you can say anything in Europe. I just got to be very careful. <laughs> well, what are some of the limitations? Like, I remember people were brought into jail for criticizing uh, migrants. I'm not sure how they criticized it. Is it just like just upfront any criticism of migrants or is it uh, a little bit more specific? Like you really have to be down and dirty with the way you describe it. Well, in Germany, at least the law is that you have to, that it has to sound like a credible threat. Like I want to exterminate all the XYZs or I hope all the XYZ die. But if you're careful with your wording, you can criticize them. Criticize immigration, for example. Mm. Well, I the mean, again, like... Really, really off the table is probably Holocaust denial. Yeah. And again, like, as a Jew, I am somebody who 
thinks that whenever any of these things are, you know, brought into the shadows, there's going to be more of a forbidden fruit effect in the long term. Now, that doesn't mean that there may not have been a need, I don't know, like to have certain denazification programs, you know, right after uh, World War II. But I don't know, it's a difficult subject for me to say, like, what exactly is the right path? I know today I spoke with some uh, Jewish people who, you know, they also seem to be on the fence when it comes to censorship, but they bring up examples of how back in the day, like, uh, the Nazis were posting these caricatures of Jewish people, and then eventually people got used to them. And uh, my counter to that, though, is that, that I don't think that was the big thing. I think the big thing was communism back in the day in Germany, and that was the main threat that got people to uh, vote Hitler in originally. Mm, I don't know if I would agree with that. I think it's just that there was an underlying current of German nationalism and general reactionary ideas that were backed up largely by the legal system, if not by the legislature. But for example, back in the Vi in Weimar times, when right-wing guys and left-wing guys got in street fights, the, the right-wing guys usually got off, <laughs> but the left-wing guys went to jail. So the right-wing people had a electoral advantage. It's kind of like the opposite of how it is today with Antifa people. Mm. Yeah, someone mentioned in the chat that there are certain places, I know Sweden, for instance, where there is cases um, where Antifa works with the local authorities and they get off and they feed doxing information to each other. And basically it's it's like this weird state of exception. But maybe, well, we could stay on the, this history part, but I, I'm curious to know um, your advocacy, not advocacy, but your opinion of a sort of pan-European Union, the EU, that is, uh, I guess, Americans, maybe because of Brexit and the, you know, Trump and Boris Johnson thing, Nigel Farage, they, they sort of think of things in this North American liberal terms of sep separation and how we have to, like, you know, get away from the EU. But what would be your sort of argument for the European Union from, like, a non, like, a non-Europe, because it seems that Euroscepticism is pictured as being on the right, but what is your argument for sort of a, what would you say, more nationalistic argument for the European Union that isn't just reliant upon this fragmentation that seems to get caricatured? And, and it's, again, this is like, again, America colonizing the world with their politics, that fragmentation needs to be the base choice rather than the union being something that unites Europe together. So I'm, I'm really curious to hear that. That's, you know, because usually people, they think of Euroscepticism as being like on the right, so. Yeah, no, it's definitely more pronounced on the right, Euroscepticism. Uh, so it's not like a wrong perception of it. It's just that European unity is kind of the only way to compete on a national stage. <laughs> like I said, Germany is like, 80 million people, like no matter how much you try, you can't outcompete America or China or Russia. Russia, maybe. <laughs> but, but what uh, if you were to be devil's advocate, like we do a program here on BTR, and we are going to be doing it uh, this Thursday, by the way, after Alex Kashuda's uh, stream uh, at uh, five o'clock uh, with uh, Joel Davis and uh, with uh, Dario Rahim. And it's going to be about uh, globalism versus nationalism. But um, Joel, who's more of a nationalist, uh, 
he's going to be advocating for the opposite, for globalism. And when it comes to this, what I'm curious about is what are, if you were to be devil's advocate, what are some unintended consequences that may come about from having this uh, European Union in the long term? Well, for smaller states like Poland or Hungary, they are probably going to lose a lot of independence to bigger nations like Germany or France. And likewise, Germany and France are bound up with these quote-unquote problems on the European fringes. Like, why do I have to worry about what's happening in Greece? Because they're in Europe. <laughs> That's true. Mm. But because they are in Europe, we have to keep it together. So it's kind of a double-edged sword for both the fringes and the center of the Union. Well, uh, back, uh, back then in uh, Germany, I was just reading right now a very interesting book whose name escapes me out of my head because it's impossible to keep everything in my head, but I'm going to look it up right now. But uh, this book uh, talks about how Germany, right before World War I, it created this appearance of an outside threat in the form of Russia. And this was something that was used back by uh, Kaiser Wilhelm as a way to kind of galvanize all the Germans together into one, you know, kind of preparing themselves for there being some kind of a threat and unifying as a result. But what ended up happening because of that, from what I understand, is World War One. And uh, was there uh, this uh, kind of ambition, you'd say, at the very beginning with uh, Germany, you know, after, uh, you know, after... Uh, Kaiser Wilhelm and all that. Actually, no, before Kaiser Wilhelm, after Hin not Hindenburg. What's the name? I am such a fool. What is the name of that guy, the really famous guy in Germany who ended up unifying? Bismarck. Bismarck. Yes, Bismarck. thank you so much. What is wrong with me? Shame on me. Shame on me. Anyway, Bismarck, he was the guy who, you know, ended up uh, having this uh, peace in Germany for a long time because there was this outside threat as he kind of composed and created it. And do you think that that ended up making Germany, you know, go into a positive direction or a negative one, making it out to be what the Americans refer to as the Hun? The Hun is going to come over and, uh, you know, have your way with your sister and all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the portrayal is obviously overblown, but there are obviously certain militaristic aspects to creating an outside entity as a creating an outside foe to galvanize your own people. I guess but, it's kind of like what Bush did with the war on terror, although... But I, I think, think yeah. in general, you, you can use it for good. Like, pre-World War I, Germany was a massive expanding power economically. And if the left to its own devices without the war, it would probably be pretty, pretty cool today. Like, that would probably be a similar institution like the European Union, just called like the Middle Europa Verband or something. And obviously without France or Russia. <laughs> well, as far as France goes, what would happen to France in that case? They would just have their own their own thing going on with uh, Jupiter at the helm. And I obviously had to find a different solution then. I don't know, maybe it's, maybe like, continental uh, like a south european continental axis would that be uh france italy yeah I mean, italy spain and maybe lo those little entente like romania 
Greece, mm. maybe a bit of the Balkans, because the traditional German sphere is like Middle Europe, like Germany, Poland, Hungary, or the V4 states, maybe maybe the Baltic states, if we're being... Well, I mean, be... honestly, I wouldn't mind the Baltic states going to Germany as opposed to going to Russia. That's uh, my own personal opinion on that. And I think that there are people within the Baltics who, regardless of whatever ended up happening in the past with World War II, I honestly think they would rather be under Merkel, regardless of her problems, than be under Putin. Well, the I disagree Baltic... with that, Lev. But I know, know. <laughs> I know you do. Starting... Baltic well, people are always complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting uh, screenshot from uh, Deus Ex. I don't know. Are you a are you a Deus Ex fan, uh, Xi Jinping? Oh, I, I played the first one and uh, the one on the PlayStation Three, Human Revolution. So this is the first one over here, a screenshot when um, uh, J.C. Denton is in uh, Paris and he talks with this one lady who says, I don't care what they call themselves, I've seen it since I was a girl, the plotting and scheming of corporations to make Europe into one big country with no separate languages, cultures, or tastes. So that is the negative impression that people have of the EU in general, something that they're very concerned about. And as far as having unintended consequences, would you agree that there are people within the EU who are, you know, tied into businesses that would favor such a situation? Or do oh, you think yeah, it's yeah. all... Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But again, if it's not the Europeans that unite the European continent, it's the Americans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's not like we have a choice. Either we are all Americans or we'll pick up and become Europeans. So you don't think culture in general with the advancing technology, internet and all that, it can really be preserved the way it was able to be preserved before. I would even say one more thing, by the way, that uh, in that book, whose name escapes me, and I'll tell you later, uh, he was describing that the Germans had this Eastern mentality where they saw, for example, the West as being this multicultural multicultural for its day cosmopolitan Europe and the United States but Eastern they saw that as being much more culture as opposed to civilization so in a way like they rejected civilization and they embraced culture I don't know if those two if the differentiation of those two terms is still being used today in Germany and uh, curious do you think do you think there is a difference between civilization and culture well yeah definitely in the German context like civilization is more the state entity and what it comprises and culture is like this hard to it's a kind of a vague thing it's basically the english term culture but it emanates like from the people so it's not like you can transfer culture or something at least not as far as i understand it and, and you think that um, when it comes to the question of culture, uh, you're right in Germany that that does have a very like, very like ambiguous uh, definition. But but so you you think that this um, what would you say, this this fetishism for a return to a notion of like separate cultures and the local, in some ways in the European in the contemporary European context is almost an, an impossibility when you have these like monolithic forces like China on one end and then the Americanization of culture on the other. And so the, I wonder like, what do you make of like the hardcore, like what would you say blood and soil trads who say that, no, we have to like, you know, go back to 
our notion of like the local culture, the local Volk that has to like be maintained in the face of like global power. And uh, here's the book, by the way, real quick, Modern Times by Paul Johnson. This is the mm. one that I'm reading right now. And that's the one that talked about it. Well, to come back to the topic, it's definitely a nice ideal to maintain your local culture. And I think in the European context, it's more is going to be preserved than with Americanization. But a bit is going to get lost. But I don't think there's much of an option. The option is between getting fucked and getting fucked more. <laughs> and, and how do contemporary Germans... This is always an interesting question because of the, you know, obviously the context of like the last 70 years since, since the 40s, but how do contemporary Germans view themselves? Because I know we see like in, in the West, we see like these, you know, these headlines about this, this uh, deculturing of Germany and, and how they're embracing this greater cosmopolitanism that, that shies away from any sort of nationalistic sentiment. But how do you see um, the contemporary German people viewing themselves if they view themselves as a people at all now? It's kind of hard to define. There's definitely a core culture that most institutions agree on. Like, I don't think there was ever a book on my school curriculum that was written by a living person. Mm. It's all old stuff, for example. And most of the institutions are named after like Renaissance and classical period guys. So, like, there's this passive, passive culture. People know there's culture, but they don't really talk about it, except, mm. when, it's, except when it's football season. <laughs> well, speaking of culture, right now there is a giant subwoofer outside my window. I'm living in Brooklyn, and I gotta say, I am not a fan of that kind of culture at all. I wish that subwoofer would shut the fuck up. But anyway, uh, when it comes to that argument about culture, blood, and soil, how much of that was also fomented over time by these uh, Prussian soldier kings, you know, to uh, get people to sign up for the armed forces. And there was like a big disrespect back then in Germany, like if we're talking about like 1800s, early 1900s, uh, uh, a lot of dis disrespect for the civilians, uh, for civilian uh, um, ranks, I don't know how you would say it, professions, as opposed to military, so much so that even uh, the... Um, the president had to be dressed in military regalia at all time. It was kind of like Legend of the Galactic Heroes, for real. So do you think that there was something about that blood and soil thing that was kind of a meme created by the uh, overarching German government, as opposed to something that, let's say, local communities would have valued as much? Yeah, I think the Prussian government did not invent it, but they harnessed the latent romantic energy that was in the air. Like, most of the rhetoric, uh, most of the nationalist rhetoric is just straight taken from the 1884 revolution. 18, yeah, 1848, 1848 revolution. That the failed 1848 revolution. But what the was the 1848 revolution for those who don't know? Oh, it was an attempt by German nationalists to unify the state under hopefully Austrian control, but that didn't pan out because Austria didn't want to do it and 
then it kind of fizzled away. So this was around uh, the time, I believe, I'm not sure if this was uh, before the Decemberist uh, revolution attempt in Russia, if there were s uh, similarities between the two. I mean, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to look it up right now and just see when that is. Okay, so the December, uh, that was in 1825. So what do you think about the uh, German uh, movies? I mean, I like uh, Fassbender. He's one of my favorites. Mm. Oh, the, act the actors are all right. It's just that the scripts are horrible. It's just like, it's shitty rom-coms mostly, like I said. If you get the opportunity, you should <laughs> maybe watch a Fuck You Goethe. That one was pretty bad. <laughs> What was that one about? Uh, it's a guy who went to prison and faked his diploma to become a teacher. But in the end, he starts loving being a teacher. Yeah, that and, sounds like typical. Yeah, yeah typical there was a stuff about how they, they hit a bunch of cash below the school. <laughs> <laughs> he had to become a teacher to get the cash. But in the end, he stops it and... Everybody lives happily, happily ever after. There are two sequels. That's exactly like um, that the Martin Lawrence movie where he had to pretend to be a cop to get this diamond stored. <laughs> oh, boy. By the way, uh, Xi Jinping, I just tweeted the uh, tweet out to you, so you should be able to uh, receive it. This is the, uh, the link for all your good people oh, so they discover where exactly we are over here. But again, I really appreciate you being patient with us about this. Fuck Windows, fuck Bill Gates, fuck the blue screen of death. Anyway, let it let us continue. So uh, let's let's. Uh, well, we're talking about cinema. What is this thing about? What is your critique of Steven Seagal? Was that one of our topics? Is is Steven Seagal going to be the new uh, king of Eurasia? He's going to uh, lead us into a path towards. Uh, Agartha in the uh, Tibetan hills. Is that what Stephen Skull is going to do with his uh, superior chi? So. <laughs> Stephen Skull is just a funny meme for me. It's it's this guy who was big like 20 or 30 years ago and he just keeps making shitty movies. <laughs> He's his got his like, own production company now where he pumps him out. <laughs> it's hell and it's horribly fake. Uh, one second. So apparently my own screen, I'm not able to bring it up here, but that's okay. I'm just going to use the camera source. I am not going to restart OBS for this shit. You know, like, uh, this is already on. I am not changing anything here. And again... Well, was well, your computer going to be ready for Thursday and uh, the art Yes, stream? it is. This has never happened before in my entire my life. This is just luck of the draw. You know, just a blue screen. Just a fucking bug. Okay. Just how it was... Yeah, so Steven Seagal, he's he has his own production company now, where he uh, he pumps out these like formulaic uh, movies. He actually has a bunch of um, a bunch of like aging wrestlers to be like stand-ins too. Like I think one 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 like they had to go to the Middle East and fight some like you know terror cell. One of them had like uh, Rob Van Dam in it and stuff. Oh, yeah, so, I think it was sniper sniper special ops or something. Yeah, yeah, that one. And then I'll have like the generic, like I'm going against the Russian mafia one. So, oh yeah, but my, my favorite, my favorite Steven Seagal is a China salesman. Oh, that one. <laughs> that one yeah. Great. I, the, I th 
Yeah, go ahead. He had Mike Tyson in it as a terrorist leader of the African tribe, and he does this obviously fake African accent, <laughs> but he also has the Mike Tyson voice. Oh, God. Oh, that's hilarious. I, I think that's... in some... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh. oh, I don't want... I didn't want to say anything. What do you think about the way that uh, he runs? There was this video compilation that I saw of Steven Seagal running around, and his hands were kind of—I don't know. I mean, it was a little bit, uh, a little bit effeminate. I don't know. I may be uh, misjudging the guy. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of effeminate, but I think that does not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm reading the chat. She's so internet toxic. He wrecks harder by his voice. <laughs> you wrecks harder. Oh boy. I anyway, think... his walk, yeah, it's kind of effeminate, but I think it's charming. The, the walk is charming. Oh, yeah. I think Steven Seagal is probably a, a true postmodern uh, film actor because well, when it comes to his ethnicity, I mean, he's he was an Italian, then he was uh, Navajo, then he was um, Russian, and it's like it just keeps going. Maybe he'll be Chinese. Who knows? So I think like he is truly a transracial uh, actor who has delivered us into a uh, new uh, renaissance of cinema that that hopefully can lead us into a glorious future of uh, sort of, you know, new forms of uh, polymorphic art in cinema. And, and through his transracialism, he will uh, bring us into a, a truly Eurasian future. So who knows? Seagal is Russian-Mongolian. Yeah, yes, he is. Yes, this yeah, is that, true. That's what he said, though. <laughs> the question is, is he, is, he speaking, is he speaking truth or is he just making another thing up? Well, but the thing is, by making things up, he memes them into reality. So that's I think... Cool. Yeah, that's probably that's what there, there's some weird hyperstition around Steven Seagal. So, <laughs> but uh, I, I I'm only half shit posting. But um, you you you've been uh, <laughs> I I'm trying to go through your old tweets and there's just such gems in them. Uh, what, what is your like sort of because someone mentioned it? What is your approach to being extremely online like what do you think of this sort of space or reality that we've inhabited where now it's like we've we've almost become reliant upon the fact that we're all terminally online all the time and that there really is no distinction between the real and the virtual like like it's really funny if you to go back in time like I, I don't know like fifth grade me and like see myself like doing this like who knows what i would have said to myself but what what do you think of like like how, how do you sort of structure a tweet or the the way that you tweet like what, what would you say about for like aspiring ship posters out there what would you say to them i'd say that you should think too much about it when you have an idea just post it like, <laughs> idea for a meme just make it and post it and don't think about it you'll regret it is that how you got to be uh the uh, chairman of swag xi jinping yeah just do it like the more you think about it the stupider it gets <laughs> that's true that is true well let's look at some of the for and against over here so you are for ddt 
DDT, that's the uh, chemical spray that resulted in uh, some kind of uh, injury for people, or what What exactly is it? I think it was cancer. Yeah. Cancer yeah, but there, there's studies that go back and forth with that. Yeah. Apparently millions that. of people in the third world died because they banned DDT because of uh, malaria and things like that. Oh, well, there we go. So maybe that's a very sensible thing to be behind. Next, you have one of my favorites, aristocratic incest. Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, people like to mock the idea that all aristocrats did incest, but it's a reasonable thing to do if you're in that kind of position, really. Like, what are you going to do? Invite more commoners in? <laughs> yeah, but don't you think that there's going to be a bit of deformity that oh, happens yeah. all oh, the that's, time? That's multiple oh, yeah. generations. The Habsburg jaw? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But you have to weigh the pro and cons. Like, sometimes you're going to get an outsider, but sometimes you shouldn't. It's like, have you read Kalergi? No. He oh, the Kalergi a, line, yeah. Wait, he has a... Wait, let me pull it up. No. He has a bit about how incest strengthens the soul, but crossbreeding oh strengthens the character. Is yeah, the Kalergi line the fertility line where like us Mediterraneans have larger families, but we like it's it's sort of like uh yeah, Habsburg Jaws a myth. Well it takes multiple generations. People think that like incest children are like coming out with web feed or whatever. That was sort of like a meme, but uh not not to advocate either way, but it, it just seems that nowadays um that seems to be the final frontier of perversion that uh, there's still a prohibition on, but yet it's becoming memefied by the porn industry. So it's really, it's really interesting how um, the, it's sort of like as pornography adapts to more, more perversity then society magically just quote unquote normalizes things. So I don't know. Um, well, back yeah. in the day we had that uh, incest is best meme. I don't know if you remember that one or oh when they used to call incest wincest. <laughs> That's like an ancient fortune thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing my age over here. But when it comes to incest, though, it's not going to be for the plebs. It's only going to be for the uh, royals, as you see it. Yeah. Okay, the Kalergi line is basically that incest straightens the influences you already have in your genes. So if those genes are good, the positive characteristics are going to get strengthened. But if those genes are bad... That's bad. So you gotta combine the incest and the crossbreeding part to get the ruling cast of the future, as he says it. Hmm, well, this could also this could also be something that could be added into well, Pokemon, for instance. So you have, uh, you know, Pokemon. You, you've played Pokemon, right? Yeah, yeah, I played Pokemon. Okay, well then you should join me uh, next Monday on the Pokemon live stream. But anyway, we're playing Pokemon Red. But anyway, in Pokemon, that would be a good addition to have, where you would have instead of uh, you know just breeding them, there could be like certain power ups that Pokemon would get who end up having like you know closer ties. Like there would be like more familial generations of the Pokemon. You know, there would be like brother Pokemon, sister Pokemon, Royal cousin Bloodline Pokemon. Pokemons? Exactly. <laughs> And, oh, we have a uh, 50.33 DKK from Inoa Hawaii, who says, well, Lev Hopdork. What does Hopdork? Wait, wait, Hopdork. Well, Lev Hopdork? 
Hop Dork. What is Hop Dork? I'm going to have to look that up. And what is DKK? Well, that is 0.0. That's Danish Krone. So thank you so much. And that's 0.16 US dollars. So 50 would be how many US dollars? Not bad. 7.98. So thank you so much. And now, so, that, now that we're yeah. talking about the Kalergi plan, sorry, I got it mixed up with the Hajma line. The Hajma line was about fertility. But the Kalergi plan, as of course, uh, of course, people say it's a conspiracy, a far right conspiracy uh, that states um, that th there was a concerted plan to mix all of the European nations together into one homogenous race. Um, what, what is your sort of take on uh, this push towards the the mixing of all Europeans or sort of like pan-European identity? It, it seems that you you differ somewhat from like a lot of the original like alternative right that had this big uh sort of obs not obsession well yeah i guess obsession over the mixing of different european uh races or peoples like do you think that's almost like an inevitability nowadays of course the clarity plan states that's mixing of people from outside of europe but i, I don't know what what is your take on uh now that you've mentioned it i know this is like spicy territory but well <laughs> Well, I think there's going to remain a core ethnicity to every country. Like, I don't think all Swedes are going to crossbreed themselves out, but there's probably going to be increased mixing in like cosmopolitan areas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, what is in the mind of a lot of German people who you've uh, talked with? Do you think that there are some who uh, long for the old days or are people pretty... I don't know if cosmopolitan is the right word here because Germany went through many different uh, sages in the 20th century alone. But what would you say is the vibe of, let's say, young people, as well as older people, as well as people who remember what it was like during World War II and all that? Can you repeat it? Uh, what would you say is the attitude like today of the younger people of like Gen Z or millennials regarding how they see themselves do they see themselves as German, European? What exactly are the goals that they set for themselves in life? And do you also see a different pattern in some of the older people, like especially the old people who were still around for World War II back in the day? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a core of young people who still see them. Most people see themselves as German. It's not like the European Union is that far evolved yet people who like people who define themselves as European and Germany are kind of dorks really <laughs> like it's kind of like a, the soy boy meme if we're yeah. talking about yeah it's kind of like that I'm a, you see them uh, in a lot of these pro-migrant rallies where they have signs like welcome to the refugees and stuff like that so I I, I know that, that I guess that would be the, the European equivalent of the soy jack just soy facing about uh yeah so and that's different from antifa though right because from what i heard in antifa it's pretty strong in europe i think stronger than the united states i remember i mean lauren southern i mean it's very different now i think lauren southern than what she was before i think i'm not sure i haven't paid that much attention but yeah the, I remember... grift, the grift changed so yes exactly the money but got you... different for lauren southern so yes. that's, uh, yeah, the, the game, the game changed. But before that, I think she was also in Germany and they were, uh, the Antifa rather were reporting on her whereabouts 
uh, with their uh, cell phones. So it seemed to be pretty organized as far as anybody who goes to Germany who is more right-leaning, they would be instantly found out and struck down by these much more organized Antifa people. Would, is, is that still the case? Well, it depends on the area you go to and how publicly you make it, obviously. Like, I wouldn't go to Hamburg or Berlin or something if I was a right-wing celebrity, probably. But I think in Munich you can still do that, really. Like, the, the police in Bavaria will probably protect you. <laughs> mm, okay, so yeah, Bavar Bavaria... Yeah, well, does that have... Uh, what does that have to do with... Uh, what does that have to do with, I don't know, the fact that uh, I actually have no idea. Why Bavaria? Is oh, it more country? No, it's like, yeah, it's, southern parts are definitely more conservative in some aspects. But it's more that the government has more money in, in South Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and they can just afford more police. And better equipped police to disperse riots. And are the police just as woke as the American police? Or, or the British they... police, really? That's yeah, probably yeah, well, the British... The gold yeah, standard be a... of being of being a woke police force, so... Well, they try to signal it sometimes, but in the street reality, they are not really that woke, no? Would you say people still have... Uh let's say, fond memories of the Third Reich. <laughs> Back, you know, like the older people who uh, get, them, get them drunk in a beer hall and then they start remembering back when they were in that same beer hall, you know, 1929 uh, or oh, whenever that whole thing started. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to expose anybody online. <laughs> just going to leave it at that. Oh, well, no, I'm not saying specific names, but just in general, I'm just curious what the feeling is of, uh, well, I know you're in Germany, so there may be a limit to certain yes, things that love, you may. Yes, please don't. Yes, I'm not going to press. There's OPSEC I'm not involved. Yes, I'm not going to press the yeah, point ba anymore. Bavaria yeah. is a Catholic center in Germany. Yeah, that is true. Um, I've heard Bavaria pretty much is pr um, the more Bavarians and Austrians are a bit more based than a lot of like. The, the metropolitan centers of Germany. So that's that's probably got something to do with it. Europe is a gory bone pile, a containment grave, containment gra continental graveyard. The recent peaceful period is a purely bourgeois banker settlement. Oh, I I guess. Um, wait, Lev, go scroll back up. Yeah. Um, the recent pe peaceful period is purely bourgeois banker settlement, so they can all milk the plebes more. I, I guess, I mean, bitter peace is I sort mean, of the general. Yeah, obviously. There's the, let's say it like this, with, with a lack of outside enemy, it has become kind of, the peace has become kind of sclerotic, obviously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Bulat Usmanov says, really confirms the mold buggy in proposition. Oh, hold on. First, we have a five US dollar donation from AI Russian bot 69. Tell Z that America will win again, again, and again. The God Emperor promised. Uh, hashtag <laughs> soon to be three eat world war champs. I think oh, it's three Pete. Three Pete. Thank you. Yes, three Pete world war champs. 
So there we go. That's uh, our AI Russian bot 69. And uh, Bulat Asmanov says NSDAP was more popular with pro protest Protestants too. And before that, he says really confirms the Moldbugian proposition that progressive and other forms of modernism are hideous mutations of already hideous Protestantism. I don't know. Do you think that there is a relation between Protestantism, which, from what I understand, was pretty active in Germany, uh, and uh, the progressivism that was, uh, as Bulatusmanov says, born out of that? Uh, I wouldn't exactly make the connection with Moldbug because pro Protestantism in Germany is like it's just Lutheranism, but in America there are like. Quakers and not Baptists and whatever whatever American Protestant sects exist, and most of the progressivism comes out of these niche sects that got kicked out of England. Yeah, well, with that uh, kicking out of England, I don't want to delve too much in this, but there was this whole uh, John D theory about how he wanted to. Well, first he you could say coined the term British Empire. And then he kind of uh, sowed the seeds to eventually having America turn into a continuation of that empire. I mean, I don't know. I mean, things get really hairy when you talk about stuff like that. But well, there's some people yeah. that do challenge Moldbug's uh, sort of reliance on that ultra Calvinism being like Protestantism being like a, a the, the proto form of progressivism. I mean, it's sort of it's complicated, especially like in Germany with Lutheranism. I mean, even even liberalism in Germany was sort of different than like you had Odor, what was it called? Odor liberalism, which wasn't. Uh, yeah, the, but it's like the post World War II economic liberalism mostly. Like auto liberalism is what happened after World War Two with with the FDP and shit, shit. What was the second chancellor called again? Shouldn't you say Scheiser? Uh, <laughs> what was the fat guy called again? Wait. Was that the one I remember? Bap was talking about um, the the uh, the CIA put in the more uh, progressive. No, 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 not that one. That one was Brandt, Willy Brandt. Yeah, Willy Brandt. Yeah, the the one right after World War Two was. Um, Oh, what was his name? Because I know because people were freaking out about um, Merkel had uh, the the Oscar Kokoschka portrait of him in her office, and they were saying how bad it was because it's. Oh like, yeah, you know, the name I was looking for, Ludwig Erhard. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, the one that like he picked up the pieces after World War Two. Um, so, and you were saying about German liberalism? Yeah, yeah, like German. The first chancellor after World War II was Konrad Adenauer, but his economics minister was Ludwig Erhard, and he basically invented the whole social market economy that is still the standard in Germany. So mm -hmm. it's kind of this modern, basically neoliberalism, <laughs> to use that word again. It's neoliberalism. Yeah, thank you in the chat for that. I love... I love the one name Heidegger, but it's like Sam Heidegger. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so I, it, it basically it almost was a proto. I, I know Michel Foucault was really big on that that school of economics. That was almost like in some ways the precursor to neoliberalism. Um, oh wow, what a that's that's such a great physiognomy. That's amazing. 
Um, <laughs> but that that is um, that that's really interesting. I think how how a lot of people they say that nowadays Germany is basically running the EU, but then now now that Britain is like somewhat tacitly left. But but do you think that the sort of Britain France thing is going to last forever, or do you like or do you think Russia may? make inroads into like just even just in sheer economic terms uh it seems that the british french alliance that is holding the eu together seems somewhat fraught at times so oh yeah definitely russia is increasing trade with both france and germany so it's increasing the ties to europe dramatically especially with the Nord stream 2 pipeline mm -hmm. I don't know if you're a fan of the uh, Russian Tiger Balls. That was a meme uh, before where Sam Martin by Rachtar said, Bohemia is so big, we have Germans. So I don't know what is with this guy talking about how big and great Bohemia is. I don't even know where Bohemia is. So isn't Bohemia yeah. inside of Germany? Is, no, Bohemia is what is now the Czech Republic. Yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. Well, I guess, uh, you know, all all the best to the Bohemians out there. Why are they called Bohemians, by the way? Like the artsy people? That, that was, Those are called Bohemians. Well, the, it had to do with, what was his name? The Winter King. Uh, it, the scene in, in Bohemia at the time was very much uh, advantageous to a lot of artists and uh, mystics even at the time. I think a lot of the alchemists went there. And I remember Terrence McKenna had this like talk about it where a lot of like no, co common notions of like hermeticism were basically crafted in that area at that p particular period that's I, well that goes back knows, uh yeah. well that goes back to the john d thing i was bringing up people who like to go down the conspiracy theory uh uh butthole like i do they're interested in looking at when were the times when people got into all these different uh, hermetic texts, all these different mystery schools, you know, Freemasons, so on and so forth. And I try to approach it not from such a way as, uh, you know, talking about how this is the be-all, end-all, this is exactly responsible for everything that's happened in history, but more from who were some of the people in power, in charge, that were interested in. Obviously, we have Hitler being interested, uh, you know, in the Thule Society, Vril Society, and uh, those are remnants of what existed before with somebody like Rudolf Steiner in the uh has it called uh, Geo and Blavatsky Steiner Theosophy oh, that's Theosophy. It. yeah so so again like as somebody who meditates and uh delves into it a little bit I am kind of curious whether that kind of uh magic is also in a way uh something that German people today resonate with or would you say everybody's completely secularized maybe some are still religious but mostly secularized and as far as like all this magic stuff either it's people who wear tinfoil on their hat or otherwise nobody well, there's still wants new to age any... new age retreats in Germany so that's one thing yes and Sam I'm trying to get him on I really am he's, he's spending too much time with his ducks that's what's going on talking about Robert Seffer oh no the connection i mean my internet is fine xi jinping's internet may be down right now 
It's very slow. I can barely hear whatever he's uh so let us wait a little bit. This tree somebody is Hold on. Uh Xi Jinping, your internet is not doing really well right now. You are getting Merkel got him. Yes, exactly. People don't want people don't want this information out there, ladies and gentlemen. This is why I got the blue screen of death. This is why a real Xi Jinping is being throttled right now. I hope he is using some kind of a VPN, but I really appreciate everybody being here and everybody being patient. We are going to get him back. I guarantee it. He is going to return here, and he is a really, really valued guest, and I appreciate everybody being here. And uh, Geo, anything you would want to promote before... Well, obviously, subscribe. Everybody subscribe right and, now. Yeah, yes. Instagram. So, guys, go to Geo's YouTube channel. And Geo, can you tell us a little bit about your latest video? Oh, wow. I just... Well, that was just a painting video, but I have new, I'm make, going to make a, um, a print making video. I have new prints out, uh, this for Easter, this one, if it's in my pin tweet. So if anyone wants one now, you could uh, DM me. So maybe if you could throw it up on the screen. But, and, uh, uh, and also don't forget that uh, patrons to BTR are going to get for $30 patronage, a beautiful print from Geo from the TFW No GF series. And that is a guarantee, ladies and gentlemen. We have Xi Jinping back on. I think your internet is going to be a lot better now. Let's see. I don't know. Not nothing yet. Nothing's coming out yet. We are going to be patient. Smash the like button, just like Bulat Asmanov said. I really appreciate everybody being here. We usually don't have yeah. this many technical difficulties. It's, uh, it's yes, actually... I... I'm... <laughs> well, when we first started... well. We first started streaming full-time, I guess, but... But this had nothing to do yeah. with anything on my end, I swear to Christ. Nothing. Because my internet is great, my connections... I have two Ethernet connections going through this thing, and the Ethernet connections are foolproof, they are great. I don't know why the blue screen of death happened, it was just one of these random Windows things, and right now this is slow internet from Xi Jinping from Germany... Merkel is trying to throttle the poor guy. So we are going to get him back. I'm sure of it. Let me message him right now to see what exactly is going on. And also, I want to share with you what's going on later on today. Later on today, I am going to have Pylos. Fuck you. It is not going down the drain. BTR is only rising. These are small hurdles that we have to go through in order to get to the next level. No, no, you didn't. You did not unsubscribe. In fact, everybody do the opposite. For all for that one unsubscription of Pylos, Pylos. you guys got to subscribe twice. He says Wong Karwai super fan. You're XOXO, going XOXO. down the drain. I'm I, I'm sorry, man. It's just, it's just uh, I don't know. Something's wrong today. Here, but, here. I'm gonna I'm gonna bless the stream. I'm gonna bless the stream by pulling uh, up this. This is gonna get people to subscribe again. Here. Don't, Look at that. Please do not. No, <laughs> no. But uh, we, we have yet to talk about Funko Pop and... Uh, museums. Museums. What do you yeah. think of museums, Geo? Let's start with you. Uh, it depends, though. If they want me in them, that they're good. But if they don't, uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, I think that uh, they, 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 they are good, but they become sort of degraded over time. Uh well, now we're going to get the good chairman's opinion on museums. On what? 
on museums. Now no, we're well, talking. No, 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 Lev, Lev. We, okay, we have okay. yet to talk about uh, German mysticism. That's true. So yes, thank we'll you, Gio. Talk about thank museums. you, Gio, for steering me yeah. in the right track. German mysticism, Vril Society, uh, uh, Marissa Orsic. Let's let's go. Yeah, also, it's not explicit, but there's still this, a strong influence of it. Like Waldorf schools are everywhere in Germany. Or there, there are these big shops where big chains that sell nature healing stuff like herbal tea, uh, mostly herbal tea, <laughs> and other what, natural wait, remedies. Mostly, and, what did you say? Avaltine? Herbal tea. Oh, herbal tea. Yeah. Herbal. Y y the accent. I mean, please, please yeah, forgive yeah, me. All right. Yes. They, they have a lot of spas oh. and health clubs as well. Like, that's a big part of uh, the culture. And along with, like, I think there's still a, a new age going somewhat in Germany. So, yeah, that's, uh, I think, that's about as much new age stuff as in America. Hmm. Of, yeah. Most doctors prescribe herbal remedies of some sort. Mostly pressed into a pill like, oh, you have sleeping problems, try this valerian tablet. It's made out of valerian extract. Yeah, that's, mm. uh, I mean, as far as the hierarchy of mysticism goes, I'm not saying that that's not important, but it's still not the same as, let's say, Marissa oh, yeah. Orsa communicating with extraterrestrials finding the way into the inner earth <laughs> so as far as people within that domain do you see like any interest at all expressed from i don't know are there like any signs in entertainment like here in the united states i think a lot of people are larping honestly when it comes to you know doing like that uh you know the uh that that eye thing you know the eye of horrors a lot of celebrities like to do that and in oh, general yeah, people definitely, yeah. definitely that's that's a big thing in uh, mostly rap music in germany and people being schizophrenic about there's an eye, there's an eye, this music video, it's all Illuminati stuff. And people definitely do that in Germany too. And as far as yourself uh, go, what is your opinion on a lot of this occult stuff? I think it's mostly an aesthetic choice, but it's not like the music levels don't have any interest in uh, promoting bad behavior. Let's say bad. Hmm. Well, what about something like Vril? So, for example, we have a comment from Mehran Nahrabi, a great uh, friend of the show. He says, the Vril was mostly about connecting to the extraterrestrials and remote viewing and occultism. That's the point your Johnny tries to make, and the transhumanism, of course. So, oh, Extraterrestrial stuff is still kind of big in Germany. Like, most of the, wait, what is it called? Most ancient alien stuff. It's based on one German book. Well, that's right. Eric von Danigan as well. You two are the yeah. world. Uh, yeah. This chat is one of the most censored places on it. No, it is not, okay? The only thing you can't post in the chat are gamer words. But um, it's <laughs> that, that, is, that is interesting about how... Um, it, it, it reminds me of like this, you know, people, especially like on the right, we make this distinction between the Anglo mindset and their Germanic uh, mindset. Do you still think that nowadays there's still like 
a fundamentally different national characteristics? Or do you think sort of like the Anglo-centric approach, either through America or elsewhere, is like still is is taking over more than not? Or do you think that Germans still have a very unique way of looking at the world as opposed to like the British? I'd love to defigure this Anglo-centric incursion into the area. But as of now, there's still enough German culture left to say that there is German culture. How do I phrase this better? How would you uh, define German culture? I mean, like you said, it's difficult to define, but what are certain staples that you still find people practicing today, like wearing lederhosen, uh, doing like certain folk dances? Like, is, is that the kind of stuff we're talking about? Or does this oh, go yeah, uh, further? No, the folk dance stuff is mostly for festiv festivities, obviously, but people still do, do it a lot. Uh, um, I think that I haven't seen really in, in English spaces, there's a lot of clubs out here, like shooting clubs, theater clubs, a lot of well, social clubs. So shooting clubs, you don't have the Second Amendment, but there are certain ways that you can handle uh, guns, right? If you're sport shooting, if you are sport shooting, you can get a gun license and get guns. Mm. And could you use that same gun to, let's say, uh, defend yourself? Uh, no. What if a thief breaks in? What can you do? Well, it's like, well, I... it's... go ahead. Technically, you have to store the ammunition and the gun in two different locked safes. I think I'm not, I'm not super sure. Yeah, yeah we have something sure. similar here in Canada. You have to, like, store them differently. Yeah. But I think if you have enough time, you can argue and cut that it was self-defense. And we have a comment from Wong Karwai. He says, hey, Lev, can you ask him if someone that is one-fourth German but looks Persian will have a hard time in Germany? Well, depends on where you go. I would uh, try to avoid... Uh, I would try to avoid East Germany for the beginning before you even know the culture well. But I think once you've got the drill of how to handle yourself here, it should be fine. Now, why avoid East Germany? They're kind of more racist in this journey. <laughs> you know, it's it's very weird, though, because I remember a friend of mine who is this uh, Indian guy who was in the U.S. Army. He traveled all around Europe after he got into the army, and he said that in East Germany, that's more of the ghetto area. That's the area where a lot of the migrants are brought in and settled into, and it also does create some... Uh, conflict from the people who were originally there would you say that that is also the case that there would be kind of like a mix of the more racist people kind of living alongside or next to people who are uh, from other places no i think immigration is more in west germany actually mm. okay then I'm, I, it's, it I'm, seems maybe, that there's like the maybe medical... it was maybe it was like very recent stuff and he got to an area with very recent immigrants that could obviously be the yeah, it's possible, and from what he said, Soviet his... freezer phenomenon. Yeah, that is, yeah, based post-Soviet states. It seems, but it seems to be the pattern everywhere that um, large met metropolitan areas will always like catch new immigrants and migrants. Yeah, and the provinces will still maintain their like local character, but um, well, <laughs> well, it's cheaper What's... there, isn't it? Isn't yeah. it cheaper to live in East Germany well, yeah. than West? Definitely. <laughs> What's, and, uh, yeah. what's uh, Z's opinion on Dragon Lord? 
we don't talk about Drachenlord. We don't talk about Dragonlord, yeah. Um, we'll skip that one. All right, uh, museums. Is that uh, Are we finally museums. ready to talk about museums? Yeah. And Funko Pop, two things that Zeeking yes. hates, yeah. Well, supposedly in the future they'll be connected, right? We're gonna have museums of pop culture, just don't, like don't don't rows please, and don't rows of Funko oh Pops God. everywhere. Like they're gonna throw the Da Vinci's out. The museum they're, of Reddit. They'll, yeah, they'll have. Uh... They're they're just gonna have yeah, a okay, bunch the, of yes. The museum thing is kind of like a futurist attitude, like Italian futurism and the idea behind it is that museum are spaces for that culture culture that has already passed mm. and new culture cannot be found in a museum if it's in a museum it's dead ironically it's... enough most futurist art is in a museum now. Exactly. yes yeah um that that is true it it, it almost as if uh the, it, it goes back to that um I believe that was in the, the Futurist Manifesto. Um, th there seems to be that distinction where the museum is like a graveyard of culture rather than something that is vibrant and living. It is, you know, like Heidegger talks about this with the, I think he used the Parthenon as an example, where you take something into a museum, then you place it into this space where it is detached from the world. And from that world, it can no longer be a force of vitality which shapes the culture around it the museum and it's it is true like the museum itself implies a sort of deadening a sort of uh, a sanitation um uh what would you say a reification of those cultural artifices that are placed into it and of course that's been challenged ever since in the contemporary art world like what is the space of the museum And what was the second thing? Uh, Funko Pops. Funko I just hate yes. yeah. Funko Pops. It's so generic. Uh, they're the perfect icon of neoliberal society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they all look the same. They all have the black eyes. They're mass produced. They're demonic in some ways. So, I mean. <laughs> I but think if, yeah, if you get turned into it, if someone makes a Funko Pop of you, you lose your soul. That's my, that's my personal well, What if my father makes a wooden Funko Pop of Geo? Oh, God. Would you, would, you, would you buy that? Like, would people on Patreon be interested in that? I don't put, know. Put it in a jar. Yes. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, like is, Noah's... Love, is this the time to shill um, the, the uh, Patreon tier where uh, you get a magnet, a wooden it's all, it's always time. It's always time to shill the Patreon tier. So, guys, if you go to patreon.com slash break the rules right now, become a patron become a patron and what you get when you become a patron for five dollar patrons you are going to get access to our hidden discord area of our discord server and i'm going to post the discord server here as well you can also access the discord server in the description it's one of the very first things but in the, the description but the, the anyway. room that you pay for you will get uh there will be a high probability of grooming, so don't worry. Don't worry about it. So it's yes, it's cool. no, no, no need to worry. Everything is fine. Like like that Russian propaganda poster with the bear said, you know, why why worry? 
you know, maybe we'll uh, c come out better, or however it is they said it. <laughs> anyway, you know the one I'm talking about. We even have that beautiful gray worry bear as one of our emojis on our Discord. So here's the Patreon link, patreon.com slash break the rules, and here is the bear. I don't know why I'm in love with this bear so much. Look, here is one version of the bear, and then here is another one I have where the yeah, bear is... Don't worry about it, Z-Ping. Lev has these weird obsessions. Yeah, where, where the bear things. is like... So we know, just have to, we have to just ignore them and move on. So Funko Pop, Funko Pop. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. One last thing. Break the rules. Patreon for $20. You are going to get a beautiful magnet created by my father. Here are some of the magnets, but right now he is working on definitely legit the magnet. And for all those who know, definitely legit, a very beautiful dog specimen. Uh, he is going to have that magnet done soon, as well as an yeah, inflated you, you can see it. lioness. We can't, we can't as well see as, I know we can't see it. As well as an inflated lioness. So please become a patron today and you are going to get that and you are also going to get a custom magnet in addition to all that other stuff you're going to get a custom magnet $50 tier you are also going to get beautiful figures that Jules painted from that series with the war and the hammer and uh, you are also going to get another beautiful painting from Geo anyway that's all I wanted to say about Patreon go for it Geo Funko Pops Funk Funko well, pop no, it up I'm, I'm curious to hear Z-Ping's uh opinion on like it it seems that the funko pop being a symbol of like neoliberalism itself that that's like this mono type of culture that is like everything is degraded and and also politically i mean they have uh the yeah, funko trump pop yeah, trump and Bernie, i think hmm. oh yeah yeah there was bernie and uh sam martin biakar says Dude. funko pop historical series including hitler oh. paul pot gaddafi saddam and much much more <laughs> i mean the worst would be like a like, like a jesus christ on the cross uh funko pop that would be like they do have a jesus funko pop oh no yeah well at least he's not on the it's cross right. at least i think that wasn't official oh yeah that's right yeah they should do a Muhammad Funko Pop. Oh, God. <laughs> that's such an early two thousands, uh, like Bush era type of. Um, um, yeah, but... Not to fat pose, but I wouldn't mind if they get Charlie Hebdo like this. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, there there is strange how the Funko Pop thing has become like this weird status symbol among like the deracinated, uh, like silicon valley reddit coder it's like they have a wall of funko pop in their pods it's like the pod is like one a one layer deep two layers deep of funko pop so it's uh it's it just it's really weird how it's it's a symbol of a our unique cultural or rather well anti-cultural moment that is like you know everything is being reduced down to it and, and the funny thing is that, like, I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, put some kind of weird um, occultic meaning to it, but it's the fact that they all have black eyes. I mean, come on, that's, you know, that's that's got to be something involved there. And it's not even cute. The Japanese, they can do cute. These Funko Pops, they lack that same kind of uh, charisma. I mean, the Germans, I don't know, like, do the Germans do cute well? Like there was, uh, well, Kinder, wait, Kinder Surprise. Is that German or is that, uh, well, Kinder is German Compet for 
the yeah. company is like Ferrero, that's an Italian company. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think yeah. the I think the Kinder the Kinder sub brand was made in Germany, I think. I'm not sure. Well, it is a really nice brand. I mean, I like the eggs. I like the fact that it's dangerous for kids, you know, because I think that's a bit of social Darwinism playing itself out, you know. No, seriously, though, because all the stupid kids who are going to choke on that thing, it's kind of like this is this is uh, it's being taken care of. You it's know? an IQ shredder. Exactly. It's, well, no, the opposite no, of an the IQ opposite. shredder. It's a yes. <laughs> Darwin shredder. Um, yes. But as far as art in Germany goes, uh, there was uh, that film I saw recently, Unorthodox. Have you seen the or not film series on um, Netflix? Have you seen Unorthodox? No, I haven't. I don't watch that many series. It's uh, it's not a bad one. I enjoyed watching it. But it's interesting because it took place, for those who don't know what Orthodox is, about this um, Hasidic Jewish girl who runs away from her Hasidic community in Brooklyn and goes to live in Berlin where her mom is, and her mom is lesbian. And she goes to live in God. Berlin, and uh, she uh, winds up in this uh, concert, uh, in this uh, mu music school. And meets a lot of these other kids, all from different backgrounds, colors of the rainbow, whatever. But they share an affinity for traditional classic music. And I like that. I mean, as far as people who come together, it's not like they're creating a mishmash and saying that, oh, this classic music is like racist and it's, you know, uh, imperialistic. No, like they they pay respect to the old masters of uh, classical composition so in that sense, isn't that a good thing? I mean, it's like you get people from different environments, different backgrounds to come together in Berlin and the cream still rises to the top as far as culture goes in that they enjoy this classical music. And do you think that this was just an impression by that uh, series? I know you didn't watch it, but from what I said here, do you think it's just an impression by that series of showing uh, this high culture in Germany uh, while maybe it's not as important today to the average Germans, you know, uh, classical music, orchestra, all that stuff. Like, are you seeing all that stuff kind of dying out? Or is there a bright spot that that could have a res resurgence? I mean, if you go to, a, if you get good grades and go to a good school, you have ten, basically 10 years of musical education. And so you learn all that stuff so you have basic knowledge but as far as the cultural force i don't know it's not really a thing mm. buff says that movie i saw is the perfect globalism that i imagine and again wouldn't globalism's idea in the sense that let's say geo you would probably be against and others uh, would probably be against uh the idea that it's more of a low culture overarching among everything and people only pretty much consume low culture. They've been favelized, they consume this underculture and they become an underclass as opposed to like Z said right now, you go to school and you, if you go to a you know good school, which I figure there would be enough of these good schools to go around, you would then have a classical music education as well as a classical education in general. Like, uh, are there... Yeah. When I say good, uh, you have to understand the education system in Germany is tiered. So if you have good yeah. school, if you had good grades in elementary school, you get to have a good school. <laughs> but if you're shitty in elementary school, you go to pro school and basically learn nothing. Uh, 
Do, so, is it true that um, the German education system it's structured in such a way that it promotes like trades and things of that oh, nature? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, there are three types of schools like Hauptschule, Realschule, and Gymnasium, and two of these three options don't even allow you to go to university. Hmm. Yeah, I think, but see, I think that's a better approach than what we have here, where it's like the expectation that everyone goes to university. And it's like this thing that even like total morons, because their parents are like expect, like their boomer parents expect them to go. They have to like go to university. But speaking of low culture, Lev, you're going to love this tweet. This is from uh, April 2nd from Z, uh, <laughs> Xi Jinping. Big furry invented serial mascots to groom children into joining them. That's kind of true. I mean, think of the furry, think of like those, like, like tricks. I know they're banned in Canada, but like, think of like all the little kids that saw tricks when they were, you know, young eating like their sugary corn syrup in, in the form of different flavor profiles. And they look at that box, they look at it and, <laughs> and who knows it's true. I mean, yeah, here's a Tony the Tiger. Although this Oh yeah, form there's plenty is, of fursuits like Tony the Tiger. Yeah, I mean this form of Tony the Tiger, this is much more of a furry kind of Tony the Tiger than the original one. So if you look at for example Tony the Tiger from the 1950s, it's much more of a pleasant design. I was looking at some of these older German magazines and I could see if I can uh, if I could find some of these. I was looking at them on my phone earlier. Uh, what the name of that uh, that magazine was, but the art style is just really really good. Like over here, this is the original Tony the Tiger right here. You see, like isn't this much more of an appealing design? And it's not a furry design. Like you wouldn't really be able to. I guess you could dress up as this guy, but you see the difference, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, th there we go. And this is much more, let's say, in common with uh, somebody was mentioning before. Oh, here, Sam Martin said Germans made sick movies in the twenties. Absolutely, they did. Why, you know, you had. Why did they make Tony the Tiger jacked? <laughs> what? Yeah, I know, eh? <laughs> because if you eat, uh, if you eat Frosted Flakes, then uh, you too can uh, can bloat max, and then you. Yeah, well, what, what do you think? What do you think those flakes are frosted with, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're just furry. So, yes. I'm surprised, by the way, that they never had like a sexy female cartoon character on the cereal boxes. Is well, who knows? Is maybe the Trix Rabbit? I thought that was uh... what? What the fuck are you talking about? Trix Rabbit is like he's totally. There's no, not even male or female um, anatomy, you know, being expressed on the Trix Rabbit. The Trix Wait, Rabbit is me, just. Let me look it up. I have just a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know. Maybe Germany has some cereals with like sexy. Uh, Jesus you know. Christ! It's definitely not a sexy bunny. What are you talking about? <laughs> They'll make some fan art of I'm, it. I'm sure there's fan art out there of the Trix have, rabbit with the Nesquik well, rabbit. Well, Ping, you remember Nesquik? Oh, God. Have, have you had the displeasure of encountering furries on Twitter? I think, yeah, he, <laughs> there may have been an incident or two, if I recall. Which cigarette brand do you smoke? Uh, my favorite ones are Gitan, but they are kind of rare, so I mostly smoke Lucky Strike without additives, the brown pack. Oh, I'm surprised Lucky Strike's still around. I remember uh, hearing about that ad in um, Mad Men, but it's good. It's still around. Well, yeah, I'm... it was around for a long, yeah, a long time. 
But as far as uh, as far as cigarettes go, there was this guy, is this guy named uh, what's his name? He does those um, cereals. Uh, what the fuck is wrong with my fucking brain? There's a guy who does reviews of uh, MREs, and he gets MREs from the fifties, opens them up, and Steve, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. yeah, Steve, 1989, and the cere- uh, cereal, here I go again, and the cigarettes, like, he picked up Lucky Strikes, he picked up Camels, and the flavor, he described it as just being absolutely astounding, and keep in mind, these are, like, ancient cigarettes now, so what does that tell you about today, like, is Lucky Strike still within that same range, or are they still, like, even the more natural ones, not the same as they were before? Well, it's kind of hard to say. I have never had 50 cigarettes. That's all you, you, you should... Tr- <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, that's kind of a weird question. But uh, it goes to this idea that things have been taken away from people, you know, as the uh, century went on, replaced by something that looks like it, but is just a cheap imitation, kind of like with Chinese goods. And that's one thing that maybe with good old gr- German craftsmanship it's not really that same situation. Um, is yeah, there still this emphasis on German craftsmanship? Uh, yeah, definitely. It's a very proud thing. I think like five years ago, Germany was the number one export nation until like five years ago or 10 years ago. And it was always this big branding. We are the export world champion. We export the most stuff. And like most stuff Germany exports is technology. So, it's definitely craftsmanship. There's still an emphasis on that. And as far as the people who produce a lot of the stuff, is it people who work in the union? And would you say that the migrants who come in here are excluded in a way because of unionization from a lot of these more specialist uh, professions? Well, I worked in a Mercedes factory for one summer and I didn't have the impression that they were excluded. Mm. But maybe they are, maybe they are not. It didn't, didn't look like it, I'm probably not. What kind of factory were you working in? Uh, it was the factory in Darmstadt, where just assembling car parts, most, mm. mostly motors. Was it, uh, was it grueling work or was it something oh, yeah. you... It was terrible work, but it paid well, so I did it. How uh, how long? For one summer before university. <laughs> and uh, how, <laughs> how, <laughs> long, <laughs> how long? How long was the work day? Eight hours. Oh wow! Oh man! So your cigarette pill, then? Do you have you noticed? Uh, are are you one of these? I know. I know. I guess that sort of died down a bit. <laughs> um, being pro cigarette, but it definitely does increase uh, your tea level. So I wonder if the risks outweigh the benefits. Well, um, if you stop smoking before you're 40, I think your cancer probability goes down 97%. Or was it before 30? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how, how old are you now, if you don't mind us asking? Uh, I'm in my early 20s. Oh, Whoa, wow. they're not, not bad. Oh, you're I much mean, older. Holy you God. sound older. I mean, it's probably the German accent. I don't know. And uh, what what exactly is the relationship like with the people at work in that factory job? Is there a sense of camaraderie? Camaraderie. Thank you. Thank you. Camaraderie. Well, half of these people went to school with me. 
So, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that explains. I mean, look, I'm just like. That's, but that's crazy, though, when you think about it, because that's something that we think of as like a past relation to to labor like in north america because everything was offshore and where you grew up and you know your high school basically works in your factory but now that's sort of everything's been offshore and uh you and people move like people migrating to different areas for work it's really weird how germany managed to retain that solid like fordist industrialism even nowadays yeah it's i think the reason for that is that the most of the stuff Germany export are machines to build other machines. Mm. So mm-hmm. really can't outsource at that point. It's like high industry. I'm kind it's of, more I, technical. Sorry, I cut you off. I'm kind of jealous. I mean, looking at America, you know, the, the burgers, as uh, they're called uh, today on uh, 4chan, Americans seem to be in kind of position where, theoretically, if they were given the right pep, at the beginning of their lives, they would have been able to, let's say, go for some of these jobs and be able to have a good enough, or you know, earning income and things like that. But now it just seems like uh, America's Promethean craftsmanship, or whatever you want to call it, has been taken away, and it's been replaced by just this empty consumption of uh, these cheap Chinese goods. And looking at Germany, at least from the way you're describing it, it's like, fuck, this is, uh, well, this yeah. seems really impressive. Some of the lower industry has obviously been outsourced, but there's enough, there's enough room in the car industry and machining. So there's definitely lots of building equipment. Don't forget about that. Mm-hmm. But if you were to look at the United States, for instance, what would be your like if somebody were to make you advisor to Joe Biden? What would be some of the first things you would want him to implement for the United States that are, let's say, within his power to do so? Like, I'm not talking about like snapping the fingers, magic wand type of stuff, but more of like what are some practical things you think could be done for the United States? Disincentivize uh, going to college if your grades are bad, more restrictive schools. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And encourage, encouraging and funding more trade schools, penalizing companies that outsource too much. Oh, God damn it, Bruce. Buck, fucking, uh, Concentra- yeah. Stop it. Maybe. Yes. Like, every time we have a German on, every time. Maybe it's- some work <laughs> programs, some mandatory work programs in a specified location. I'm not going yeah. to. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, the word. We want to like bring together the to concentrate people working in the same never never mind. Never yeah. Mind. I mean and look, That's and yes so and yes, stupid. Germany and look, there there are things that are going on in Germany, I think, and again, like you said that you can talk about them, but it just depends on like how you phrase it. So regarding like certain cultural clashes. Uh, from what I understand, in terms of the long term, and I'm not speaking specifically about Germany, but just like any place. If you have, let's say, in uh, Islam, a system where you have a master-to-disciple relationship of uh, the uh, Quran, the Hadiths, you know, Bukhari, all those, all those books, it's a legal system as well as a religious system. So you would have certain things in there like morality law, uh, law having to do with how you conduct warfare, thing, things of that nature. 
and even though right now those things may not be as activated as it were, these are not things, like I said before in earlier streams, that could just be like ripped out of the pages. Like you're still kind of, when you're passing on this knowledge from master to disciple, you're passing on the whole thing. So the reason why I bring it up is if we're looking at things from the span of, let's say, you know, as an odd to Xi Jinping, when the Chinese were asked about the uh, what they thought about the French Revolution, they said it's too early to say. I don't know which Chinese uh, uh, official said that, but that goes to show that at least the Chinese tend to look at things from a you know long historical perspective, you know, far far into the future. And I think it's similar with Islam, where I think that uh, at least the high-ranking people within the religion, you know, various uh, uh, famous, you know, pillars of the community, uh, imams, I do think that they care about the future for their religion and they look at the long term. So re regarding that, get back to the whole, um, you know, hadiths and uh, uh, Bukhari and uh, Quran, uh, you know, situation with uh, jurisprudence, eventually there may come a time when certain areas of Germany or other parts of Europe would be occupied by more Muslims than not. And the question that comes to my mind then is, if this whole thing is a combination of both um, religion and, uh, you know, government, then what's to stop them from just having their own government inside, uh, inside Germany? Like, legally speaking, why would they value the law of uh, the land that they're in more than the law that's been passed down to them from generation upon generation. Well, yeah, that's kind of the purpose of immigration, really, is to strip their own cultural laws away from them and replace them with liberalism. But is it working? I mean, I don't know. I think it's working in, like, in two, in one or two generations. You, you can definitely see it with, like, the second generation. They're way less devout. And way more legs with things like alcohol, gambling. Mm. Some... So that so that is as they describe in Islam, Satan as the great seducer. Where, uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly don't even know how to feel about that because, on one hand, I am kind of well, disappointed, and you know, people well, don't go to their roots, don't value the family as much once you get to that point of valuing your own hedonism. But well, I don't what know. Do you, yeah, that's that's true. But but uh, Z, what do you, what do you think of um, like that classic like what would you say mid to like twenty tens like the the conserva boomer thing with like the the migrant. Well, I know the migrant crisis is important, but sort of like this thing where you know America alone, uh, the Muslims are going to take over Germany and they're going to take over France and. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that's sort of like an antiquated way of looking at it? Or, or have you alluded to the fact that like liberalism is just like steamrolling these more like traditional hard-nosed people? Uh, yeah, it's definitely steamrolling their culture, but I don't know if it's steamrolling them as a genetic group. So they are probably going to have ethnic interests uh, regardless of if they are strong Islamists or not. Hmm. So, How many? Oh, go on. No, no, you speak. I'm just uh, curious how many of them, because this goes back to the question I asked about the uh, unions. How many uh, of them, like let's say second generation kids, try to integrate within the culture 
not even in terms of, you know, we're going to wear later hose and drink beer, uh, but more in terms of having the same educational standards, uh, you know, that the family would encourage as, let's say, uh, a lot of Germans do. Maybe for some it's the same, for others it's not. But, uh, like, uh, you know, here, for example, in the United States, we would have immigrants coming from... Uh, love talking time to meme. God damn it. Okay, so... When it comes, to, I can't even stare at this because it's distracting me. Okay, when it comes to people who emigrated from other parts of the world to the United States, it's a mix where we would have some people who end up, you know, second generation, you know, becoming doctors and, you know, like a lot of uh, Indians, for example. But people who I've spoken with from India have also said that the reason why that is the case is because the people who ended up emigrating from India were already like either like high caste or they were already like really well educated when they came over here so they passed those qualities on and as far as not even having anything to do with like the genetic makeup or whatever like that like I personally believe everybody more or less is capable of getting to a higher level regardless of where they're from but more of the question of what was the culture that they were imbued with and if they, let's say, end up rejecting, uh, and if they're not as educated, if they end up rejecting this, uh, you know, Islamic culture, will they end up embracing a high, like, Protestant work ethic in its place? Or will it still leave this gaping hole that would only be filled up by, like, I don't know, welfare? Well, it's mostly filled up by, like, American neoculture, really. So, it's not... Not really German culture, but it's also not really their own culture. Wait, American what culture you said? Neo culture. So ne -neo? neo? Yeah, just just coined the term. I don't think neo culture. It's just new culture. Yes, but what would that involve? Like, uh, would that involve like having you know buying like fancy fancy sneakers and uh, oh, various? Oh yeah, yeah. Other... definitely. There's definitely this more modernist aspect. So it's just empty consumerism, basically. That's what ends up replacing it. And uh, But see, that makes me concerned about Germany more than if we're talking about like Islamism or stuff like that. Because then you basically have people who aren't going to place that high of a value on education. They're just going to consume and they're going to get bucks from the government to keep consuming. And eventually, like, how is that going to make for a strong uh, Germany? as opposed to actually concentrating on, you know, educating people and having, like, a certain standard that you kind of must meet, regardless of where you're from. Again, like, open-door policy, my, my policy is an open-door policy, regardless of where you come from. If you meet a certain standard, then good. If you don't meet it, then uh, not good. You know, like... Uh, there... I don't believe in that, but, like, that... <laughs> I, I know a... you don't believe in that, but uh, at least uh... it's something more than just saying, you know, everybody come in or, you know, if you are not of this type, you can never come in. You know what I mean? At least it balances those two things out a bit, I think. But do you think that that is something that is possible to implement in Germany? I mean, I know that now the migrants uh, situation has not been very popular for uh, Merkel's reputation, from what I understand. She's also expressed um, dissatisfaction with the choices uh, she made before. So would you say that something like that could have a uh, possibility of affecting things in a positive light? Can you rephrase the question a bit more? I will, I will try, yes. So basically it boils, it boils down to like uh, civic nationalism versus, um, 
versus uh, other forms of nationalism. That's so. a good way of saying it, yes. Well, I don't think the government is going to kick anybody out anytime soon. So, yeah, I think some of them do definitely try to work. Most of them do. But but, but is the work, uh, not, and not yeah, even the work, because, you know, people can work, you know, people can assemble different things together. But it's more than just assembling things together, right? Like it's more about what is the what are the kind of values you end up passing on to your kids? And if the values is just like empty American consumerism and nothing more, you know, that's that's already uh, seems like a dead end. Yeah, it's definitely a vector of American culture, and it's a problem that should be fixed. But yeah. I don't know what you exactly want. What kind of answer do you want? Just looking into the future. If there is any way to fix that, like you said before, no kicking out, I get that, but at least having some kind of a cap, and after that cap, making sure that whoever comes in would be able to fit into a certain standard as far as being able to, you know, exhibit again, like you were talking about culture, but I think in this case, maybe a civilization would be more appropriate to say, like, we would bring in somebody, like, whoever wants to be, like, the biggest fan of being a German, like, I've dreamed all my life of becoming German, I've read all, like, the great German authors, whatever, like, let me in, it's like, okay, you can go, you know, like, there should be some, some standard at which point people would be grateful for actually becoming a German, living in Germany, and then there would be more of a chance that they would be able to then contribute to the welfare of Germany years or generations to come, you know, with the values they end up passing on to their kids. Well, it depends on when they came. Like, most new Syrians are not in a really good spot or try too hard, but like the old Turks or Italians, they, they make it work. So, that's good. I can't well, believe that... things that we should get Japanese citizenship. Uh, <laughs> wow. I can't... <laughs> No, but look, even even there, like oh, as long cringe. as as long as the oh, weeb, no, Lev, as long no. as the weeb would be able to learn uh, like fluent Japanese, you know, I mean, there should be some standard there. I'm not talking about oh, having oh. like a random otaku go to Japan and just like you know, this is heaven. I'm well, that that was uh, that was Kenny Omega. Is... He loved Japanese wrestling so much he learned fluent Japanese. There we go. go why would you? Why so... would you not let Kenny Omega? into japan well because he's cringe he's a red yeah, because he's uh... cringe he, he was sans mask yeah, yeah. <laughs> well kenny has taken a huge nosedive ever since he left new japan anyways uh uh how pop someone asked how popular is mcdonald's in germany that's i wonder it's all right or it's decently popular you, you will find one in every city and on every highway yeah, it's not like um, I remember. Varge was uh, in. It, it wasn't one of his videos. It was in uh, what was it called? Um, <laughs> Before the light takes us, that documentary where he was saying the first McDonald's in his town in Bergen, uh, people like shot the windows out and they were against like this encroaching Americanization of their society i wonder how much that was real though or it could have just been varge you know to, to spinning a tall tale but um that yeah i think yeah wherever wherever the golden arches goes is sort of like uh that's the standard nowadays so 
Do you like any particular uh, fast uh, food? I know there's like German fast food if we're talking about like, you know, the pretzels. I fucking love those pretzels. I don't well, know, there's just something. If you're talking about American brands, I do like Burger King. Mm, well, I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess yeah, it's Yeah, right. Burger King is is like different outside of America. I don't know why. Like in Canada, Burger King is good. But like if you, it's no, really in America, weird. it's not it's not great. This is why I was kind of surprised by uh, <laughs> Z, Z, Z Jinping's comment about Burger King. No, I'm talking about more like traditional like German street food. Like I don't know bratwurst and uh, uh, w w what else would be Hagen Dazs? No, that's that's Swedish. Okay, I, I don't know. Dutch. I think it's Dutch. Dutch, yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about like stuff that you would get at your local fair, like Wiener Schnitzel, right? Are you a fan of Wiener like, Schnitzel? Yeah, but uh, I think my favorite one is Currywurst. <laughs> it's like a chopped up sausage with ketchup and curry with mm. fries. Or Leberkäse. It's hard to describe what it is, but it's like. That sounds pretty good. It's amalgamated flesh meat. <laughs> And uh, what about uh, Oktoberfest and uh, meeting German girls? So if I were to go to Germany, what advice would you have for uh, Lev and Gio? If we were to go on the town, you know, dress up in our nines, put on our hats, and uh, go out uh, to have a night on the town, what would you recommend as far as meeting German girls? What are German girls like nowadays? Just be cool, man. Be cool. Okay. I love asking the hard question. <laughs> <laughs> um someone buff, said, buff says by the way oktoberfest is like 500 bucks oh yeah if that... you go to if you go to the one in munich it's pretty expensive but there are smaller less relevant ones everywhere hmm. <laughs> um someone wanted to ask what is your opinion on white boy summer oh uh, big fan love it yeah we're, we're all going to get black queens Definitely pro white boy summer. We're going. We're all going to make it this summer. I I can kind of feel it. So. Well, we're gonna have a uh, BTR live event. Hopefully, we're gonna have a BTR meetup. So, looking at the <laughs> I'm, list. I'm just looking at one of the Z Ping's viral tweets: female magic versus male magic. So, like, some woman had like a gigantic like size crystal and then you have like the x board is there an x way to gain height past 18 years old oh my god uh you have to it's like there there should be like a jelking but for height that that could be something so well they do have certain machines don't they where they could just like crank it and like slowly you know kind of like you're wearing those uh you know braces but for your body like a body brace that you just like crank every day like a, like an inch and if our body makes new cells all the time, except for like the dots of our eyes, I heard all our cells regenerate. Why can't our body just like start growing taller by just slowly cranking it a little bit? So it just like gets used <laughs> to being like a little taller, like every day. I don't know. Am I full of shit? Is this, is this not, is this not possible? Or are the manlets, are the manlets forever doomed? Well, how tall are well, you? Well, by the way, Ping, are you, what is your position on the manlet question? I, uh, but first, how tall are you? Uh, 178 centimeters. So I think it's 5'10 or so. Not bad. Not bad. If it was like... Uh, I mean, what would be considered to be like king of the manlets? 
Oh, five foot one. Five foot one. Okay, yeah. So one is King of the Manlets. Five foot eleven. Oh, that could be King of the Manlets. Yeah. I was once King of the Manlets, but then I started drinking raw milk, and now I'm six feet. So I don't know, Z. Do we have raw milk in Germany, or is it all pasteurized? Oh, you can get you can get raw milk. Okay, good. I mean, I'm so close to moving to Germany now. This has just been such a such an explosion of information as far as uh, what that's like. And let's go over some of the things that you are against. Oh, well, before that, you are for shaved heads. I had a shaved head back in second year of SVA. It was a very enjoyable experience because you felt like the wind in the back of your bald oh, yeah, head. It's and... very great in summer, just going out of the head. Oh, yeah. Geo, you you want to try that? You want to? No, uh, I don't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't go well. Don't worry. It just wouldn't. Uh, yeah. Well, as far as far as optics, that may you, you know. <laughs> Look at these comments. Is white boy summer a gay thing? Sounds like a bad thing. Oh no. No white boy. Yeah, Tom Hayes Hayes Hanks or whatever his name is. Chet, yeah. Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks. Yeah, but White Boy Summer, see, I think White Boy Summer, it is uh, it is a rebirth of the solar masculine. It will be Civilization Summer coming back to itself as uh, White Boys of the World finally um, solve racism by conquering Black Queens. So, uh, not conquering, it will be a mutual, it'll be a mutual thing. So, uh, well, ne next we have a child soldier. So, you are for child soldiering. Well, I think if we have to, if we need to have child soldiers, they should get good guns. That's my position. Get give child soldiers better modern guns. Yeah, they no, have I, to have uh, a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's the argument for teaching kids about guns and gun safety in American schools in order to prevent the. Well, uh, you can give shooting. kids hormones, but you can't. Uh... You can't uh you know you're <laughs> where am i fucking going that that should be like a matt, matt walsh uh ben shapiro yeah. talking point that we give kids hormones but uh we can't we can't make them child soldiers come on that's it's ridiculous it's it's against logic so and then we have asbestos no well we have indoor smoking but we kind of went over that you are uh you are for smoking you are for indoor smoking is it because you want people to get a bit of a flavor, a bit of a whiff? Or yeah, is it just, just like... most, I just mostly think anti-smokers are really bitchy about it. It so, seemed to be the gateway to other forms of Karenism. Yes. Yeah. And then we have asbestos. Yeah, I think asbestos is just funny, really. <laughs> that was... <laughs> uh... oh, keeps out the rats. Yeah. Next, we have bootlegging. Oh, that's based. That's, yeah. that's Lindy. You should definitely bootleg as much as you can get away with. So would piracy also count as bootlegging? Oh, yeah, definitely. And is there like a culture of piracy in uh, uh, Germany? I mean, I know in Russia it's pretty big. I just don't like... Well, come on. The Germans are all world's about The following... biggest hacker festival is in Germany. That's it's true. not that's... as big as it used to be, but... Oh, really? Yeah, no, people still pirate, obviously, but I think mm. it's the same thing in Eastern Europe. Once Steam came around, people stopped pirating, really. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, pir pirating is still useful as far as getting rid of a lot of this extra baggage that's on things, you know, like the studios, oh, yeah. they put so much, so much shit around their product. 
And also, Sci-Hub is Russian. Science, you mad? Good, good. That was from Bulat Osmanov. Oh, yes. Sci-Hub yes. was pretty good. Not gonna lie. Oh, and also Libgen. We can't forget about Libgen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Saved me That's many of times. But yeah, the first time I found out about it, Libgen, I was like, holy shit, this is you got to go through that one Reddit life. link that's like, yeah. Uh, Miran asked, how is sex working? Germany is, is Germany the most liberal uh, leaning when it comes to sex work? I think it, it's tied with the Netherlands. Yeah. But, there's a lot but, of sex tourism that comes from are, Germany. There are brothels. There are street hookers. Goggles. Anything you can think about, really. Do you know uh, this uh, German porn star named... Uh, man, what's her name? Moser, Veronica Moser. No. Okay. I'm Why not gonna would talk you ask him about you? <laughs> I'm not going to Oh, talk. my God. <laughs> wait, wait, Gio, do you know who that is? No, but I'm just... <laughs> okay. Let's move okay. on. Let's Next, move on. Let's move on. Now, move... this is the against column. You are against the rainforest. I'm like, why? Why are you against the rainforest, of all things? This is, it creates oxygen. I mean, you're yeah, for smoking... I think it's a good contrarian position. I haven't met a person who's genuinely against the rainforest, so I just picked this contrarian position to ride on it. I don't genuinely believe in it. Okay. Yeah, I think you were saying before the yeah. other time about. I it. had, I had to, I had to fill in some stuff because the the list is actually a parody of the one by what is it called? Stick Hammer. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> yes, this, this list, but unironically, and I added some shit into it to make it to make it fit as a parody. Well, you yeah. you were saying before with your Scientology take that it's like you have to, like, sort of uh, what's the old Marxist term? You have to sort of like accentuate the contradictions, so you have to stand like some of the most ridiculous stuff like if you were generally pro Scientology, it's like the internet will just instantly get mad at you. So I think yeah. that's probably. Oh, by the way, let me show you a picture of Veronica Moser. So she she actually passed away. I mean, R.I.P. But this is this is her. Oh God! And she was, I was expecting here, a lot different. It fuck? says over here, uh, July. Okay, twenty twenty, July first. Veronica Moser has died on July first due to an intercerebral hemorrhage. She was an unbelievable human being with a very big heart and a scat porn queen. Oh, fuck. Look. We have a German on oh, BTR. Oh my god, Lev. It comes with the territory. Oh. I am actually curious, why is it that like Japan and Germany are associated with that particular... Like extreme pornography? <laughs> I don't know where that stereotype came from. I've never, I've never seen anybody who's into that. Yeah, it's really it's a really a weird thing that... I guess like, a, like it's like an American porn trope that like the, the hardcore stuff comes from like like hardcore fetishism comes from either germany or japan so i mean there's more of an argument to be made for japan don't get me wrong i mean come on but uh I've seen a lot of twisted japanese stuff <laughs> oh man so next next what do we have we have uh, uh noise music well like like me i did not appreciate that subwoofer that was playing outside so i am definitely with you i am not for noise music but have you found there to be noise music in the clubs in general like in german society it's take but what exactly is noise music first of all because we may have different yeah germany has the best edm not contrary to what people believe no, it's noise music is music that you utilizes uh actual noises not like beats. Uh, you know like I, I i know what you're one, saying now one yeah. hour my washing machine going going hair going and 
on my on our washing machine going ham on some rocks. I Although know. I do I do like that uh, gif that I saw where somebody throws a brick into a uh, washing machine and it just goes nuts and there's like metal music that plays in the background. It's like so, jam that plays. Yes. So then copyright. Well, we already talked about that in the uh, four column, and uh, you are against Funko Pops, of course. Dolphins. Why? Why the dolphins? <laughs> well, because dolphins rape people. Don't you know that? Well, they rape other dolphins and hang hills. No, people. Well, they... no, it's actually, there I was think, this. Uh, I, they did people too, didn't they? Like yeah, they do. Yeah, there's a lot every year. Um, there's also like the reverse instance. I mean, there was that John Lilly uh, dolphin experiment. Uh, there's a good atrocity guide documentary on it. But um, yeah, Germany does have some of the best uh, noise and EDM music. There's just something about it. Um that they they've been able to produce like a new like germans have been able yeah. to produce the sonic language uh that that is very unique like a lot of industrial came from germany i like the edm stuff but uh, not the noise stuff and the uh, next the dolphin experiments were conceptual yeah, they were consensual. <laughs> well, there was a site uh, next well, to uh Well, John Lilly uh, was Goatee. meditating to facilitate the dolphin language communication. So he must have intuited that the dolphin was uh, consenting to... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, remember Dolphin Sex? That was the website. That, that was uh, where it came from. The, the Well, it didn't come from that. It was some guy that was like spoofing the uh, experiments. Yeah. Um, so next we have the moon. Yeah, fuck the fuck the moon. It's well, the moon uh, isn't real. It's an interdimensional um, time, like machine that goes between uh, the different realities. That uh, like David Ike talks about this. So the moon is itself a psyop, and it's using its uh, brain waves to uh, influence us. So, um, well, it was powered by uh, the planet Saturn, I believe, right? And the souls, when we die, we're supposed to, our souls are supposed to go to the moon, and then they're supposed to reincarnate back here. But again, I don't, I don't fucking get. Well, this it. is we why have... Heaven's Gate. They were a hundred percent right. It's just that uh, the CIA tried to stop them, so they had to uh, do the mass suicide thing. That's that's my opinion. Actually, the CIA could all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually had a handler that infiltrated Heaven's Gate because they knew the truth about the moon. So, uh, well. <laughs> and next we have, speaking of, uh, you know, on the same subject, we have tulpas. Why don't you like tulpas? Because most of the discourse about tulpas is on, especially on 4chan, is pretty cursed. Like... How, how would you define the tulpa? Uh, depends on if you want to go mystical or psychological. But mm, well, I like mystical stuff. Let's uh, let's start with there. Okay, so the mystical definition is the it's a created thought form cre cre created by humans that is then inhabited or creates its own spirit and is like a separate person. I'm not sure if it's inside your head or outside. I think the source is different on that. But it's essentially creating a living entity that is just in thoughts. And uh, the psychological definition? It's giving yourself schizophrenia. 
<laughs> so <laughs> that you have a different personality inside of your head. And and do you think there's sort of like a hazard with a lot of discourse? Like, how would you differ from the way the Chans have taken up the idea of tulpas and ergogores? Yeah, there's a lot of sexual frustration going on in these discourses. Like, can I make myself a cute lonely tulpa? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of these people fuck it up. Do you know the My Little Pony Tulpa story? Oh God, is that the one with the jar? No, 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 no. That's go ahead. Let's refresh our memories, Yiping. I don't know exact details, but he tried to create one of the ponies from My Little Pony as a tulpa. But he fucked it up, so the face was a black void, and it just kept screaming at him. Oh my god! Oh, Imagine my. Rainbow Dash with like a fucking uh, wow. <laughs> well, some people would consider that should just be another big orifice. <laughs> no, but that's, but that's the thing. I mean, meme analysis has done videos about like how ideal GF types in Chan culture are like these weird tulpas that get passed around. It's like you are you were willing this perfect libidinal creation which is really quite scary i like how budlatas matav is uh, upset at me as he is has every right to be honestly that was horrible i apologize guys but uh next what do we have we have uh micronesia this is the last one Poor Micronesia. What did Micronesia ever do to you? People, people always ask me what Micronesia did ever do to me. <laughs> but the question is, what did Mic Micronesia ever do for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the islands. Weno, Rolo, Fefan. Pa I've never heard of these fucking it's places so, before. Sounds fake. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> Like, what do they have? They're I'm, not I'm even just... real. Yeah, I'm just looking at the land. They're probably, right now. I mean, they're probably real. What am I talking about? But, uh, yeah, they, I, I wonder, it's like, uh, this, if there's like people, uh, in these like obscure little islands that still have their like own culture and their own traditions, I wonder if like, uh, they've, they've managed to like be the ultimate hideout from modernity itself and they just like have cocoon themselves from like the the internet or whatnot yeah, like it's the entrance to the hollow earth is inside micronesia and they hide in there yeah <laughs> yeah there you go yeah I, I well that's the only way you can access hollow earth is if you block yourself out from uh the the totalizing modern zeitgeist so that's that's probably it, it, it's sort of that thing like uh you know why don't uh when i think it was one monk that said, why don't miracles happen anymore? And he said, because humanity doesn't bow hard enough. It's kind of like that thing. If you uh, are constantly distracted yeah, yeah. by the modern world, then you can't find a passage into the hollow earth of Gartha. So uh, I'm sorry, uh, Terminally Online trads. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You can't lift enough weights to go to a Gartha. You have to really um, lower, lower your gaze from a lot of this stuff. So... Somebody just made a meme over here uh, from uh, the stream. I'm trying to see where exactly it is. Well, I'm going to take a look at it later. <laughs> but I definitely appreciate people making memes. At the end of it, it says, Yep, you just updogged Lev. Problem? What does that mean, updog Lev? <laughs> Micropenicio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Oh, man. It's easier to go down than go up. You wrote that wrong. It's supposed to than, T-H-A-N. But yes, I do agree that it is, is easier to go down rather than go up in the general scheme of things, right? Like, it takes work to actually, you know, get up in the morning, get up and do well, stuff, as opposed to just I, let's sit down and lie down, right? What's a, well, to some people, that's maybe, but um, let's, let's uh, well, someone asked, I'm, I'm just looking at it, what's Funko Pop? Oh, my God. If you um, don't know it, consider yourself lucky. Yeah, yeah, consider yourself lucky if you don't know. Um, what What is this... Uh, how did you choose? I guess this is a good final question. How did you choose this persona of Ziping? And are you a Danganist or a Juche advocate? Uh, where Where do you stand on the uh, Asian despotism question as well? Well, I picked this army because I, I picked this persona because I saw a funny meme and decided to pick it. <laughs> it's really not that deep, and yeah, I kind of mute myself into being an unironic Danganist. So. I think it's good to have state control inside a market economy to the market economy can take care of the consumer goods and the state control part is more for the capital goods hmm. like in China. So heavy industry and machining is done more by state control companies and gizmos, doodads, whatever, whatever consumers want is done by companies so I, I that yeah that's interesting i've noticed um o- over time you've uh y- you and julie in particular you two both have uh come up against these ancoms in your mentions and people like that 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 uh say it's not real communism so i don't, I don't know what, what do you think of a lot of I these just, like i just want to quote deng xiaoping uh it does not matter if the cat is black or white as long as it catches mice. Hmm, interesting. So you, this whole like, like commie larping utopian schema that somehow like ignores, um, while ignores like the the post Maoists and you know Althusser and all that. Uh, you you think that's just a fantasy and it's just like these weirdo like radical liberals like larping as communists, or or do you think that? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Someone said in the chat it has a lot to do with Chinese legalism, which, yeah. Are you familiar with this game, by the way, Hong Kong '97? And this was a, a bootleg game that uh, that came out in 1995. Hong Kong '97. No, I'm gonna Google it. it. Looks tight. Yes. No. This is a really interesting game. And here is the uh, so here is the English mode uh, translation of the uh, plot. The year 1997 has arrived. A herd of fucking ugly reds are rushing from the mainland. Crime rates skyrocketed. Hong Kong is ruined. Therefore, the Hong Kong government called Bruce Lee's relative, Chin, for the who is Jackie Chan, by the way. Uh, they called his relative Chin for the massacre of the reds. Chin is a killer machine wipe out all 1.2 billion of the red communists however in mainland china there was a secret project in progress a project to transform the deceased uh tong xiaoping into an ultimate weapon so it's a very interesting looking game there's like um 
Let's see if I could find... Okay, so this is what the game looks like. It's a very bad quality here. But these these guys just drop from the ground. And you just have to kill them like an asteroid before they get to drop down the ground. And then the uh, boss of the game is uh, this guy over here who you would recognize. It's just the disembodied head of uh, Deng Xiaoping. <laughs> so, uh, real Xi Jinping, do you approve or disapprove of this project? Well, I think it's unrealistic because everybody knows that Jackie Chan is a devout Dengist. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, his son got in trouble uh, for drug possession, right? Like, I, I don't remember what exactly happened from there. Like, is his son still in jail or did he get him out? Like, I assume, I'm not. Uh, I'm not up to date on Jackie Chan law. <laughs> no problem. But well, but when it yeah. comes to when it comes to Dengism, I think like the argument is that when you actually like read Marx and Engels, it it's really like the the dialectic responding to material conditions, and so Dengism is like in in, in a weird way, it's like affirming that original Marxism away from like Marx-Leninism that like you have to ignore the circumstances you're in before you like sort of like one two skip a few 99 communist utopia so it's like it, <laughs> i wonder um it's like what what do you what do you think of that but also what do you think of like the nasball thing that's still always like perennially cropping up here and there i think the nasball thing is <laughs> it's a good meme i love the aesthetic but <laughs> as far as actual political influence is probably that end I think the Russian Nazbol thing, the, the Limonov thing, was it was mostly a punk movement. It was I don't know about the politics, but yeah, but it's weird though that Limonov, uh, he also went to fight or at least fire the guns, uh, yeah, for uh, yeah for the Serbians. So that wasn't memeing, right? Like that was uh, him that was, putting. It was that was pretty cool. Not that was pretty cool of him. That that was like Varge said that if he didn't go to jail in '93, that he would have fucking went to Serbia to fight off the Muslims. That I was mean, his big plan. If Bak died because some Bosnian put a bullet into his head in Yugoslavia, that would have been a perfect ending to his life. Oh my God! Yeah, that would have been the perfect story. Oh yeah, that would have that that would have like made the that would have made him water. Yeah, like black metal lore would be like totally different. Like you, in some ways you could say he would uh, be a martyr for like far right groups in Europe and that a lot of like the fucking uh, the, the colonization of black metal by these hipsters, it would never have happened. It would have been so nuclear that they wouldn't like the metal sucks people wouldn't even like touch it. But uh, um, but yeah, it's the Nazball thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a meme. But, do, but But what is your general approach, though, when it comes to the influence of China as a European, do you see that they are a threat or do you think that the economic model of China is almost like an inevitability for the world? The way yeah, that I think, uh, I think they're geopolitically definitely a competitor. I wouldn't say a threat because my current idea is that Europe can leverage China against America to get more power, more negotiating power. Mm -hmm with the threat of China always in the back. So they're definitely a competitor. And I think the model is kind of an inevitability in some sense. 
And, and but, you think that the European Union will go towards... A no, war? I don't think it will go that way, but I think it's forced to go that way at one point or another. Mm, to a command economy, in other words. No, it's not, it's not a pure... It's a, a market economy with command elements. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. <laughs> which, which can you, can you define command economy for those who don't know? Command economy is a planned economy that is run by the state in which the state defines all economic processes. But that's not really that efficient of a model, is it? Yeah, that's why China doesn't do it. They only do it mm -hmm. for capital, because it is efficient for capital goods, but it's not efficient for consumer goods. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but even uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert 2, oh my God. Um, but yeah, even, it, it's, it's funny because I would argue that America does have um, a command economy. It's just that corporations are doing the commanding. No, maybe not. Well, with the government, but maybe not as much. Well, they get subsidies. I mean, getting a subsidy is in a way participating in sort of a command economy, right? Well, in in, uh, in the most broad way, if you want to be like that. But yeah, theoretically, but I would count it like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a command economy in the classic definition, but it seems that. Well, America, yeah, it definitely is an oligarchy, but it's it's just that we don't get um, the regalia of an aristocratic class. We have a you know this totally inverted hierarchy where these uh, you know these nerds like Jeff Bezos they're the ones that have uh, the ultimate power. But I, I'm curious to see where Europe will fit in to the the sort of the world geopolitical picture um, when when sort of this thing with between America and China heats up. I've heard from some people that Joe Biden has, uh, he's no longer China Joe anymore. He wants, uh, he wants blood now. So I, I don't know how that's going to factor into things. So, yeah, the whole, the whole China Joe thing was kind of a meme. <laughs> yeah, it was a neocon meme. Yeah. Um, not a neocon meme, a boomer conservative meme because those neocons, they're pretty much, uh, they're pretty much happy with the way things are going now. So who knows? Um, certainly, I mean, I, I had this tweet the other day about, uh, what's the worst ideology. It's like woke neoconism, like Lincoln project shit, but, oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> I think like dedicated neoliberalism, you yeah. know, like these people who call themselves neoliberals on Twitter and post about abolishing zoning laws and I post a lot about zoning laws actually. Out of all the things yeah. you tackle, they're tackling zoning laws. Well, yeah. they, all, they have globes in their their bios. Globes. <laughs> um, I I don't know. It's it's really weird. Like people and unironically call themselves neoliberals nowadays. It's like, well, we got to get know. them on the show. We got to get them on. Well, Break we are the rules. going to have World Economic Forum people on the show That's pretty right. soon. So, yeah. What's more neoliberal than zoning laws? <laughs> Scum-sucking Slimer says, yeah, exactly. What's more neoliberal than... I mean, here's the thing. Not neoliberal, but just liberalism in general. My one question is still, if we take away, like... If we take away all these negative, you know, wokeisms and whatever, and just think of okay, liberalism... Sorry. if Liberalism, yeah, historic, classical liberalism. Like, what exactly is wrong with that in itself? Because my, my apprehension to a lot of the views that let's say uh are in more reactionary circles to this is that it's kind of like blaming 
the advent of technology or the printing press. Like you're saying, like, because this thing exists that then leads to these other bad things, that means that we have to get rid of this thing that exists so those bad things don't happen. And, uh, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm diff... I'm having a difficulty understanding that because if you take away certain principles of liberalism, uh, what exactly are you going to be left with? Uh, what would be the better alternative in this case? If we're talking about like the grand scale of not like isolated um, villages or uh, towns, you know, with their own patchwork order. But if we're talking about like the grand scheme, an interconnected world, which we already are in, what are the other ideas here? What else can work? that would replace liberalism? It's kind, kind of like a civilizational state. It's like, like China does it, basically. Just less Chinese. But when you say less, uh, less Chinese in the way that China does it, I mean, China has a whole tracking system and... Uh, uh, you know, gives uh, rewards to people who praise the government and chastises, but, prevents people from flying who yeah, would but criticize the, something like that. But that's... the civilization state, it's like they they don't um, they don't have the same conception as we do here of like this is a violation of my privacy or whatnot. I guess like because they look at the grand total picture of their their uh, their civilization as such, and therefore they don't have like the same. I, I don't know. It's a really weird. I mean, I, I get it. Like, if that if the social credit system were to come here, it would be an absolute nightmare. It would be run yeah, by the if, evil ghouls. If, but if the if the current government became totalitarian, it would be really bad because I hate the current government. But yeah. if, but, cool. no, but what totalitarian government isn't bad? Because even like I know Geo, you have an affinity for, and I'm sorry, I was eating for Mussolini. Or as I like to call him. Oh, Mussolini. I can't say that. I can't. No, no. Listen, Cesus, if you're watching this, it's it's just a meme. Don't worry about it. If, if the RCMP is watching, then okay. <laughs> but no, sorry. Finish your. No, fin but if well, but eventually, man, this is so embarrassing. I got a whole piece of meme in my mouth. But anyway, eventually, what ended up happening oh, with Mussolini God. is that uh, he ended up becoming much more of a uh, much more of a tyrant, and he didn't set off on the path that he ended up going into. And I just think it's the position that ends up making the man at a certain point where well, it, it, it does, I think, even though it's such a cliche, I really do think that ultimate power ends up corrupting people. And I don't know any single example you could point to of saying, like, in the modern world, this person was able to, like, have these full dictatorial powers and everything worked out well. I mean, maybe Franco was kind of like, I, I don't know. What well, was miss. he ping you? You had a thought you were... Sorry, you got cut off from. Yeah, like I'm going. I was going to say it's another catch twenty two because there is going to be a totalitarian state. The question is who's going to be in charge. Yeah, that's and and also like the the national character of Europeans and Americans are so fundamentally different as well. Um, but but your question, love about about liberalism i think the, the reactionary critique would be around um the 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 view that like the artifice of liberalism created from like the myth of uh the originary state giving us the social contract and rights and how the, the presumption that man is autonomous from 
man is a self-contained whole that is autonomous from the community i feel that is like the reactionary critique of liberalism yeah, yeah. than than just saying you know oh well th this leads to that eventually but sorry no, the... i'm back i just want to say I'm back. I was oh okay yeah no well, well that, that's fine like geo what you said is fine and that could definitely be said but the question is that's just words what's the action to that like what is what is something that would then have to be done as far as institutionally speaking in order for people to treat each other in more of that way that you just you, said you mean like an actual like what would an actual post-liberalism look like exactly yeah well, well, Xi Ping, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what what a post liberalism would look like because it, you, when it comes to Dangism, it seems that uh, th that is in some ways that's like going to be the model. So I I, I don't know what it, what do you think? Like even the term post liberalism, uh, what do you think of this? Uh, will there ever be a post liberalism, or or will uh, like Zizek said, the sun will explode before liberalism ends? Uh, was a Mark Fisher? That's a, that's a grim future. Well, it sounds like Mark Fisher. Yeah, I think that was Mark Fisher that said that that people think the sun will explode before they think that liberalism will end. So, <laughs> what was the question? Um, what you think? if post-liberalism is possible and what would that look like? Mm, I think it would be a gradual process. So like the state takes on a more controlling aspect of the economy, like, like in France in the 50s, where the companies have, can do what they want, but as long as it's for the good of the people, as defined by the state. Mm -hmm. And as long as the state has good ideology and a robust system of recruitment, then all the other problems are flow from there, all the other solutions to the problems. Yeah, that's true. Someone was saying about uh, Chinese, China has 30 plus million more men than women because of the one child policy. Oh yeah, that's, that's a problem. But I can't deny that. That's what's fucked up. Yeah, they have to go to war. And then Bruce said, those men can just join the pro gamer circuit. <laughs> I, I mean, still... who knows? China will be an incel state. Who knows? But I or still don't although know, like, they'll have how, some how kind long, of like. Like, how long would that kind of model last? Because, in a way, what, Z, uh, what Xi Jinping and not Xi Jinping, what Deng ended up implementing, from what I understand, was a kind of system where, at least in the beginning, there were replacements going on of the people within the party where you wouldn't have the same people in the party all the time. It would, you know, new blood would filter in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like I said, it needs a solid recruitment program. Yeah. But uh, eventually, though, what ends up happening is that system did not end up being that stable. And eventually you have, uh, you know, yourself in charge and uh, that is done away with. And I don't know how long Xi Jinping would be able to actually hold on to his power in China. How long would like these top-down systems like uh, Russia, like China right now, how long do they actually have a chance of uh, working? Because, I don't know, even like with the uh, incident of Chernobyl, and I think that HBO movie made a good point about that, the motivation for a lot of people within the government was much more how do I appease the person above me as opposed to actually uh, doing their job.
And uh, I don't know if that's a very stable kind of system. I don't see it lasting a long time. Yeah, but I don't see how that is any different from any other system. And basically, every system devolves into how do I suck up to my superiors? Yes, yeah. but but yeah. don't you think that there are systems, though, like uh, we have here with checks and balances that at least preserve somewhat and yes i know you could talk about all the corruption in the united states but again it's like all relative we're not at the level where we're putting uyghurs into concentration camps so that is still like a differentiation that i think is very important to make here like what exactly separates us from the level of doing something of that nature and you could say well in world war ii you know we put the japanese in the internment camps uh, I mean, yes, that is kind of close to that. Still, though, it was, it was a I don't know. I'm not gonna defend that shit. That that was bad too. But it's difficult. Like, there's always stuff you could point out in the in the past as far as you know. We did this horrible thing and that horrible thing. But at least like right now in the present, I would not really want to live in China. And that's not just because of all the things that I've said about the president and their system of government, but just in general, the infrastructure, the bricks that end up turning into jelly, you know, when you lightly push them. You aren't, know, there's a... aren't buildings in America also made of cardboard? Yes, <laughs> I don't see that many videos are. of them falling apart. No, no, maybe they are. I just haven't seen the videos of them falling apart at the rate that I've seen the Chinese buildings. You could say maybe it's a PSYOP. Maybe there are plenty of examples of American infrastructure infrastructure falling apart but i don't know yeah america actually does have a lot of shitty infrastructure don't get me wrong uh, no but the level like i don't know like china had that earthquake oh yeah you know, china the, the, the and... regulations are absolutely abominable that's true but it's no, they're working on it they are improving steady slow and steady yeah. yes it's just i think the well it's because like the vast majority of like wrecked videos comes from uh china and india so I, yeah, that's 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 just population math. Yeah, population plus um, they have like a really weird uh, insurance system going on, at where uh, and plus they have CCTV cameras everywhere. So of course they're going to capture all the premium, high quality live leaks, wreck videos of people getting uh, swallowed <laughs> by elevators and <laughs> hit by hit by the hit by cars and trucks. <laughs> God, um, but apparently they do have this weird insurance thing where like if you stay for like basically hit and runs are inevitable because they have this weird social credit thing where like it's part of the social credit system where if you like stay while a police officer comes for the hit and run then uh it's i i forget how that works but basically like they have people that are left on the side of the road a lot and stuff i don't know if that's just a meme but uh yeah I mean, to Martin Kay's comment, tell Syrians and Yemenis about those checks and balances, tell it to the Appalachian men sent to these places. It is a weird fucking thing. I mean, yes, I understand that, look, the war, like military, it is a voluntary system in the U.S., which you could say maybe that's one of the problems, where if we had a system where everybody had to serve, then maybe we'd think twice about, you know, sending people out to the wars. Sure, that's uh, that's uh, something I can resonate with. But as far as, let's say, the amount of things a high official in the Communist Party in China would be able to get away with 
in terms of going against people that uh, they see as being the enemy. We're talking maybe about local squabbles here, or we're talking about, like, I don't know, taking over a town to turn it into a factory, a sweatshop, or something like that. Like, I have to look at the figures there. The impression that I get right now is that it isn't looking that good. And again, it's like, I am wondering about the people who are being, uh, you know, devil's advocate for China. If they were to live there and uh, spend time there, would they have the same impression? I mean, maybe it's just as good as they make it out to be. Well, you know? yeah, there, there is a lot of uh, the, well, I guess a general question would be uh, for you, Z, what, what do you think of this sort of uh, cinephilia going on? Like I know people like Spandrel, they they love to stand the Chinese. But Spandrel does live or well, lived in China at least, didn't he? Oh, I think. Well, Nick Land lives in. Uh... Yeah, Nick Land lives. Oh, in but by the way, Buff's yeah. retort. Buff's retort to my comment: Bruce Jenner killed someone and is on TV. But what? Oh, Sorry. we're not supposed to call him that anymore. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Yes. It's dead naming love. And apparently now in Arkansas, you can also, uh, a Republican governor vetoed uh, a bill that would ban uh, trans kids from getting hormones. So thank you, GOP. Thank you, uh, the grand old party. That's uh, it's really based. It's really cool of you, uh, Republicans. You remember, embrace, you remember that meme? Embrace tradition by embracing liberalism from five years ago. So that's, you, you, remember <laughs> the, you remember that meme where there's this guy who says, of course, I'm fr for like trans, like abortion, yada, 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 yada. Yeah, that's right. I'm conservative. You remember yeah, that? Uh, <laughs> there's plenty of memes like that. But about but this question about the, the cinephilia, uh, Z Ping, do you... <laughs> it's really funny. It's like we're talking about China in these objective terms, but it's like, it's like I'm asking Z Ping what he thinks of China. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think did Spandrel live in in China? I know I know Nick Land does, but uh, I think Spandrel lives in China. But I'm not. We gotta ask Spandrel. Is, is he still on Twitter? I haven't seen him in a while. He got banned in the ban wave, but uh, he blocked me though. So I I don't know. I'm kind of crossed. I I think it was bullshit the way he got banned too, but um like everyone else but uh yeah <laughs> so, um but but the whole it, it's really curious i think that in in some ways do, do you see this as a sign of like that people they want an exit from the sort of american anglo politics of the norm they want to like embrace the exotic other of china that china could actually have the capacity to control things to such an extent that we can you know deliver ourselves into a base glorious future i mean i think that's certainly think, what's um, I yeah, think yeah. at the moment they lack the cultural capital to do so but uh, they are they have been making strides with international movies and games what is this there was this huge game last year it was anime aesthetic uh, it was on mobile and on PC. Give me a second. It was pretty big. Genshin Impact. That was mm. Chinese, and that was pretty big. So maybe they, maybe they get their hands on some more American minds. Yeah, they could spread. They could spread uh, Chinese communism through uh, anime. That could be like that one. Did you see that one propaganda thing where um, if if you fought for the revolution? 
uh, you could get mommy's milkies. Oh yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah, that was the, the the mothers of China would nourish their sons, uh, fighting the battle against uh, against capitalism. Yeah, getting so, getting the milky on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that will uh, that is the soma that will uh, <laughs> replenish the the noble um, the the masculine Chad uh, culture revolutionaries. So that was <laughs> sci-fi day. They had like what is it called? Tree Sun Pro Tree Sun something. Tree Sun Principles, Two Sun Principle. So one hmm. one last one last thing by the way that I'm curious. Would you resonate with the following meme? Let's see. Why is it oh I posted in sushi bar here. I'm gonna post it in a BTR chat. This meme about Germany. Do you resonate with this? I have posted photos from stores, and it's true there are a lot of simulate against the German. And I don't know why, but I think my my personal take is that you get to have all the positive aspects of work, like creating something, having a purpose, but you can do it on your own time without a boss. Yeah. So that's my take. I don't know if... <laughs> that it could be this this weird um maybe it's in some ways it's like a simulation of what like blue collar uh working class people do but also it could just be the fact that like you said you can work on your own time and it's this unstructured nature of um returning to what like artists and craftsmanship used to be in in some ways it's like this weird like i get to larp as a worker but I don't have the same pressures of uh, economic productivity attached that alienates me from my labor. My labor is controlled in this like totally contained world. So that's, that's that is an interesting well, theory. Oh, well, it's kind of like the uh, arts and crafts movement in uh, Germany. Yes. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that could be it. That's my my hypothesis. Yeah. It's like I Vienna mean, it's secession. Real... Yeah. yeah, Vienna. I I am in love with that uh, art movement and. Uh, I really hope that we can return to something of that nature, maybe even with, uh, you know, being under these uh, conditions where there's not that much of a chance to go out and, you know, ha having to commute to work. Maybe now people could return to that. And I think Germany could lead the way because already there are a lot of people there who, like yourself, are interested in, you know, maybe sitting down whittling something you know just creating something that has sentimental value something that's handmade and i think a lot more people would be interested in buying that for the long term than having to buy cheap plastics things that uh disappear over time like hopefully we've ridden the wave of this opium that the chinese government has sold us in the form of all <laughs> these cheap chinese uh things so uh, we'll be able to make our own stuff from now on. And look, I'll encourage them to make their own stuff and to uh, have it be high quality. But uh, the relationship right now, I don't really think it's been the best one for, 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 for either party. I mean, maybe it hasn't been that bad for China. Yeah, it has. It hasn't, no. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. Still, as far as like all the fumes and pollution and, you know, I mean, the list goes on as far as all that stuff goes. That's not great. And that goes all over the world, too. That It doesn't just stop at China. So anyway, I think uh, right now we have to we have to get going, unfortunately. And uh, first, I just want to say that real Xi Jinping, I would love to have you back, brother. 
it is really fascinating to talk with you. But what I want to do is I feel like I'm cornered here being the only person who is more, let's say, liberal. Uh, and what I want is to bring in a couple of more liberal people. And I would love for them to also talk with you and to figure this out as far as these alternative. Well, we'll have to bring in a tanky and also. Uh... Oh, God. You remember what happened last time we brought in the tanky? I don't oh, yeah, turn that this was. Into... Yes. You, you got phone calls from. Yeah, I got phone trolls. calls. Yeah, not yeah. good, not great. So anyway, look, we need more of these neocon liberals to come in here and to talk sense into you whippersnappers. I think that would be a very interesting oh, stream. And we'll, we'll do it. I mean, we're going to have it. In fact, Reels Xi Jinping, I'll send you the streams we're planning, but they may start a little bit later. So maybe if that's not going to work, I would love to have some other ones starting at an earlier time where we could actually go through and dissect this a little bit more because it's interesting the things you're bringing up about having this uh, more, uh, you know, Dengian-style uh, government, and uh, I think it's worth looking into and dissecting. Yeah, I would love to come again if it's at a convenient time, obviously, because I don't want to stay up until 3 a.m. Yes, no, I, that is completely understandable. We are going to make it at a time that works for you, first and foremost, brother. Thank you so much for doing this. And guys, all the new people thank who are you. watching this, subscribe right now. Subscribe to Break the Rules. I cannot stress this enough. Oh, and by the way, right after this, here's what you do. You are going to go to the following link. You are going to go watch me draw with Afina Hayed and Gio. So, uh, Gio, you're going to be joining us. And, Hopefully, uh, yeah. We'll yes. See what happens. And uh, we are going to be drawing some new NFTs that I've been uh, working on, and I think they should be finished uh, by today. So this is the stream over here, Left Stream Art Stream, featuring Afina Hayat. Go there right now. Make sure you prepare it's starting at six o'clock so 30 minutes from now i gotta just grab something to eat before we start but either way go to that link right now subscribe to that too this is my own personal channel subscribe to that channel and also go to real xi jinping on twitter please subscribe i mean i'm sure all of you guys are subscribed but if not subscribe to real xi jinping on twitter this is the twitter link right over here and then Go and subscribe to, I cannot believe anybody would not be subscribed at this point, but subscribe to Geo, Giant Geo. Here, here are the links. I got to keep moving this thing. Here, Real Xi Jinping, Geo. What else over here? Been eating this whole stream and needs to go eat more. <laughs> yeah. I'm a growing boy. What can I say? Uh, and lastly, subscribe to be on Twitter. Subscribe to me on Twitter at LovePo. Here we go. And uh, yes, uh, this is it. This is the end of the stream, everybody. This is my Twitter. Subscribe and just go go to that YouTube link right now. I want to see plenty of people waiting there. Good. Eight waiting. Thank you very much. God FT bless. Second Goodbye. Channel. God bless. Thank and you thank so you much, Real everybody Z watching. Thank you, Real ZP. It has been a great pleasure. I will shut this off right now as soon as I find the link to it. Once again, I am not prepared to shut this down yet. I have to go into shut it channel. Down. Oh, <laughs> left yeah. shutting it down. Yeah, as well, I got, I, I got, I got to convene the council first. But uh... oh, <laughs> the elders, you mean? That's yes. Oh. It's just like a bunch of lavs with like my, white beards. My co-host is is uh, is one of them, so I get to say elders. It's not. 
as an Italian, I'm a person of color, so it's it, yeah. it may be. That... <laughs> Hold on, I gotta. Okay, save this thing over here. Okay, end stream. We are ending stream right now. Mwah. Good night, everybody.